Hey y'all, welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much for coming to listen. And this is Rochelle on You in the Pandemic. And that's exactly what I'm going to be talking about on this podcast. I'm going to be having discussions with people in my COVID safe circle to learn about their experiences from the past few months adapting to life in the pandemic. Alright y'all, before we head into the episode, I would like to acknowledge that I am engaging conversations from a perspective of a cisgendered white woman, and I want to leave a disclaimer acknowledging that I cannot speak for all experiences when discussing the impacts of larger systems on individuals and or groups, as there will always be further intersectionalities that exist beyond these discussions. My goal for creating a space of discussing systems of oppression as they come up in our conversations is to encourage white people to reflect on our role in white supremacy and how to dismantle white supremacy. I would not be able to do this without the work that is continually and already done by black folks and people of color, so I want to place the credit where it is due as we continue our discussions. Today, there is no limit in sight. To the work that needs to be done, so I am to hold myself accountable for the mistakes that will arise with these conversations that I am liable to make, and if any listeners would like to reach out and leave comments or raise questions, I am on Instagram at you and the pandemic, and I would be so happy to have any discussions with anyone who would like to reach out. So thank you all so much, and let's get into the episode. My name's Noelani McGowan. I go by Noe. Um, I'm going into my last year at Northern Arizona University. I'll be majoring in biomedical sciences with a minor in chemistry. Um, plans after my bachelor's, undecided but hopeful. <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm just happy to be on this podcast. Yay, I'm happy to have you here. Thank you, Noelani. Okay, so my first question is if you can take us back in time to when you kind of realized oh okay so there's a pandemic and it's actually going to impact me personally yeah um which is funny because i was in arizona i was in flagstaff that's where i go to school and you know it was circulating more and more in like the media and i remember i was at my job i worked as a peer jack mentor and we had this little lounge where all of my coworkers and i would hang out between we would like have meetings with our students and stuff and I was telling my friends, I was like, yeah, well, I'm like, I don't really think that it's going to be that big of a deal. It seems to just be affecting like a lot of older people. And that was kind of, maybe not the consensus, but that was what was really going around on the media then. It was, yeah. Because, you know, we, I don't think a lot of people knew. And if the people that did know kind of knew, like, we were in for the long haul. So I think they didn't want to, like, scare everyone. And when I mean, like, <laughs> those people, I mean, like, now you look back and we have people who work at, like, those huge, you know, elite uh, universities and um, hospitals who were like yeah like when we got the data we knew it was going to be bad but we had to like slowly kind of ease people in there because Mm. panic you know which kind of did happen but I think maybe if they would have told us when they knew it would have been maybe worse so maybe easing us into that was a little better but um I digress so (laughs) we're we're in there and I'm kind of talking like yeah I don't know and then that very day I went into my um one of my classes I think it was like genetics and like microbiology or something like that mm-hmm. and my professor goes hey guys like I have a little bit of bad news 
Um, he's like, I think in the next week or two, uh, after spring break, he's like, I don't think a lot of us will be coming back. And we're like, oh my goodness, we're all going to die. He's like, no, 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 no. He's like, that's not what I mean. He's like, that's I what just, I said. yeah, <laughs> he was like, you know, he's like, I've studied this kind of like, you know, viral infection for a while. He's oh, like, wow. I'm teaching it here. He's like, just the way that viruses work, the way that, you know, this works, he's like, it's going to get a lot worse before it gets a lot better. I would pack to stay, um, for the rest of the year, like wherever you're going to stay, whether that be here, whether that be home. He's like, but wow. wherever you are, he's like, I just have an inkling that you're not going to be able to leave from there. Mm. And I was kind of like, nah, okay. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's terrible, right? To think mm. now, because what everything he was saying was true, right? But I was like, I'm optimistic about this. Like, right. I think, you know, we'll be okay. Da, 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 da. And then lo and behold, like a week later, NAU announced like, yeah, uh, after spring break, we're going to take like a, two weeks online and then you'll come back and da 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 coronavirus is coronavirus that you know so we're like okay i'm like okay <laughs> and then you know that same the week the day before i left um to go home for spring break they were like yeah we're not returning and then i think that was when it got really like serious everyone was like oh man this is spreading like wildfire mm -hmm. and i was like oh crap and <laughs> then i was terrified because, of course, that's why I think when a lot of the media was like, okay, this is serious. This is affecting a lot more people than old people. Mm -hmm. Not only is it affecting a lot of people, but it's spreading from state to state. Not only state to state, because obviously we found out it didn't even come from the United States, you know. Mm -hmm. It came from China, and then it came from Europe, and then, it, you know, how pandemics work. Yeah. And so... <laughs> Especially with globalization. Right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's... Oh, man. And so I was like, now I have to get on a plane. Yeah. Uh, it's already bought. There's no way I can like just go home, like drive home, like. Right. And I have to take all my stuff from my apartment today. Like, so I just took as much as I could. Mm -hmm. Came home. Most of the stuff was still at NAU. I did have to eventually go back and get it. But yeah, it was just crazy. I just felt like it happened so fast to be feeling so like secure. Like, oh, like it's fine. It's handled. Like, just you know, stay safe. Wash your hands. Don't share drinks. Whatever. To like, hey, we're gonna be quarantined for. For a minute now like mm -hmm. and of course i always start like oh it's gonna be a month oh it's gonna be two months oh it's gonna be you know and as soon as i started putting more time to it i was like oh this is what my professor meant when he said it's gonna get much worse before it gets better so shout out to that professor yeah um, i'll actually it's funny i'll have him this for my, my last year at nau i have one of another yeah. one of his classes so i'm gonna have to like tell him and be like i remember when we went like you prepared us for the pandemic and i'm like and i think you're the only professor who actually prepared us for the pandemic for real? And, and he was super nice about it too he was super cool he was saying like look realistically he's like from what we know right now like all you guys should be okay if you don't have any mm. you know lasting conditions even if you do like you're healthy like stay healthy wash your hands do what the cdc tells you you'll be okay so there was comfort in there but mm. obviously when you turn on the news and it's like you know in italy you know it was really bad because their population was a little bit older you know oh. and so it was just really bad there and every day you say like 3,000 people a day right and it was crazy and it was just oh my goodness so it was it was very very fast I think and I don't think I was able to really mentally prepare as well as I think I should have maybe and but how could you right, right? like seriously how could we've never <laughs> mm -hmm. been through a pandemic and it's just so funny because it's not even like my grandmother was born in the 1920s she's never even been through a pandemic she's like oh, wow i couldn't tell you like yeah, you know, know. <laughs> yeah right yeah. so it's just a little crazy that um you know during our lifetime this happened but mm -hmm. also not to be like rude or anything because i know a lot of people lost a lot of 
either people or like you know jobs and just security mm -hmm. for everyone so it was not a great time or a great opportunity but just in the realm of science and like biomedicine it was definitely an eye-opener and it was definitely an opportunity for us to learn and us to get better so if this does ever happen again or something similar we are way better prepared i think hopefully mm -hmm. i say hopefully i hope so too, yeah, yeah right but um, it's unfortunate that we had to go through this to be better prepared but right yeah it is. yeah i think it's totally that's for a lot of people it was kind of a personal wake-up call but oh, i sure. think that that perspective of just like the natural world and the environment itself and how it interacts with us is um, a really good way to look at like that's what we need to wake up to as well mm -hmm. not just the ways that our own systems work that we've created exactly. but the things that we literally cannot control and that must have been so interesting that you're coming from like the STEM field because I think yeah. that I didn't oh, have yeah. any I didn't think of that because I didn't have any professors that studied anything like that I just had like political science humanity is kind of stuff so they're like oh yeah, like, <laughs> they had no idea either. yeah no from that standpoint it's just really interesting because i thought it was so funny i had people actually in that same class i sat right next to and they're like yeah we're an infectious disease right now mm. like we're in this course and they're like it's not looking it's not looking very very, very positive right now mm -hmm. and um I just think it like as a professor as somebody who like studies in that field i also think it would have to be frustrating because mm. at one point we had to convince everyone like why you have to stay home why this is a big deal like why you're putting people at jeopardy when you go out to do x y and z when it's not essential mm -hmm. so i mean I'm, I'm not even you know a paid like public health anything and <laughs> i was feeling frustrated because like what i know about like viruses what i know about how things spread what i know about like protecting you know the most vulnerable people you know it, there's different factors like we need some more critical thinking when we think about things that mm. we maybe don't have a lot of knowledge about mm -hmm. instead of just saying like that doesn't make sense to me so i'm gonna like make it make sense to me in a way where i can benefit from it mm -hmm. which i unfortunately feel like a lot of people did and especially like on social media with all like the you know not to sound like donald trump but the fake news you yeah. know like shoot i was just like oh my god that's not accurate at all right. and luckily i had the opportunity to take a um a bioinformatics class this term and we kind of just broke down how scientists found like the um, vaccine and how they did it with the mrna and everything mm -hmm. and it's honestly incredible i wish that everyone could take this course or like there was like some like cool documentary that people can watch to see what is actually going on and how they did it because it's honestly so amazing and maybe that's just me and my like nerdy stem life or whatever but <laughs> it's incredible how fast they were able to do this and how so many different fields in health like came together to get it done and mm -hmm. obviously i have the utmost respect for like nurses and stuff who are on the front lines who regardless of how they felt about it had to like be thrown in there right. like oh my goodness like obviously we always know that nurses are kind of like the make or break for when I, whenever i've ever been in the hospital like mm -hmm. you know you obviously you have your doctor and you know like okay the doctors but the nurses are the ones i feel like that make the most impression because they're with you so much you know they're checking in on you they're checking your vitals you know so but um yeah just everyone's collective effort to get the vaccine out and to distribute it i thought was amazing like within mm -hmm. almost less than a year people were vaccinated that's crazy to me i don't think that could have happened in obviously it could have happened <laughs> I mean, like back in the 
last pandemic because that was a long time ago. But right. it was just crazy when you really break it down and you learn about, like, what they had to do and how they did it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think a lot of people are untrusting because they're like, well, it came out so fast. The FDA didn't really approve. Da-da-da-da-da. And it's like, okay, yeah, but you have to also sit back and think about the FDA and how they operate. Mm-hmm. Obviously, for a lot of, um, like, pharmaceutical drugs and stuff like that, it's going to take them a long time because... They want to be super, super secure, which obviously they should be and they have to be. Mm -hmm. But when you really break it down, a lot of pharmaceutical drugs and other things that go through the FDA could be released to the public sooner. And a lot of things are, especially for trial runs and stuff like that. They're not FDA approved, but they you can see a lot of those drugs have positive effects on whoever they're trying to help. And it's just because the FDA has a very strict, as, as they should, I'm not saying that they shouldn't, because, right. you know, you don't want to just put everything and anything out there, but <laughs> they have a strict guideline that they have to follow, and I do agree with it, but to an extent, them releasing, like, the Johnson & Johnson, I think was the right move, and I don't know, it's just crazy that people just won't, don't want to take the vaccine. Yeah. Like, it's honestly a medical like miracle it's like historic <laughs> and you don't want to take it please take the vaccine it's free this is like as close we're gonna get america's gonna get to like free healthcare. true please take the vaccine <laughs> close oh as we've been yeah it's, i've never done anything like that where it was just so easy to get in and out and uh, it was great Right. And I, well, I think that's a good point that it's like it would really help to actually see the process because I think a lot of people feel blindsided a little bit, just kind of being thrown. I don't know, because like you mentioned, there's from the beginning, like the pandemic has been politicized and then there's like the fake news and people from left and right wing or even moderate are calling out fake news like yeah. every direction. So it's kind of hard to know where to put your trust. But I think that you bringing up like the nurses that are working all the people because of the reason that it's been so smooth and like super quick is because it is so hands-on and Mm -hmm. like there's so many like I don't know just everyday ordinary people volunteering their time to do it so and that's what it takes for America to be that close Mm -hmm. to like free health care is that it's not necessarily the efforts of our government it's like the grassroots level Mm -hmm. that has brought people together to just like make sure that we can be as safe as possible nurses and their first response and doctors all kind of having to just be thrown into it like you said it it's just this whole other level of like I feel like having to go into autopilot oh for sure yeah like you're we were saying that it hit super fast and we had to move out of our dorms and like be ready to just stay where we were Mm -hmm. and um I felt like I had to like be an autopilot to get on the plane to go home oh for sure yeah I was terrified I Mm -hmm. luckily at that point they were still separating you know people but I had took my wipes and I had wiped literally even the seats next to me Mm -hmm. I wiped the window anything I was touching I was like oh no 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 we're not (laughs) doing this you know like I was going I was getting out of danger and not realizing that so many like healthcare workers were going into it and they were going Mm -hmm. into it without the proper PPE and that we were having arguments over how we could get PPE why is there argument over how or why get it that's mm-hmm. like the bottom line like people are risking their lives to save other people's lives and we're arguing over how we're going to protect them mm-hmm. that obviously in politics there seems to be something always something to argue over but at some point when does you lay the line where it's like okay like come together please so at least compromise for the greater good of people who are especially trying to save our most vulnerable people 
Right. Come on now. Like, there's no reason that we shouldn't have to be arguing over if we can get enough ventilators, if we can get, make it happen. Like, this is not a this is not a time to be like, is it in our budget? Make <laughs> it in your budget. Like, right. you know what I mean? I don't know. That was just crazy and frustrating to me. Like, mm-hmm. people are arguing over the wrong things, I felt like. Because, you know, we I think we all saw, like, the pictures and the, and the pleads. Literally, when you have health professionals pleading for you to please, like, stay inside, to please, you know make sure you're wearing your mask so please like you know like at least donate if you have like your n95s and stuff like mm-hmm. that and people are still kind of like eh, it's not that bad right. infuriating you have these people who were like yeah i had to sleep in my basement not even see my kids for months and months well yeah and we're still begging you guys to like be safe and people mm-hmm. wouldn't do it mm-hmm. and, and infuriating and i'm not even like like i said i'm not a <laughs> public health professional i don't right. get paid to like you know promote whatever but Shoot, please, please, yeah. I'm begging you. It was just, ugh, I can't even imagine how they're feeling because I would be enraged. It's for real. I'd be so mad. Yeah, that's such a good point that all we had to do was stay inside and that was where we could find safety. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people that still had to work at the grocery stores mm-hmm. and people that had to stay in the hospitals. And then there were people that just wanted to um, hang out with their friends yeah. <laughs> and have their hot girl summer and that was the priority for some reason there's like a level of disconnect i think is like what you're pointing to yeah yeah it was crazy i want to say we're past it but still there's still you know people who i've seen like don't make the best decisions during a pandemic like why would you do that during the pandemic but that's okay right. you know like yeah. i'm glad we're on like the up and coming of it you know ending or at least we're you know headed in that direction it's a positive direction to be in but Mm-hmm. For a while there, I, I just felt so infuriated. I was just like, oh my goodness. Like, this is not the time to, like, try to be like, oh, it's not that bad or it's not this that. I'm like, sometimes you can just listen to professionals who, you know, know what they're doing and there'll be, like, a positive outcome. Like, mm-hmm. us being a little uncomfortable being inside every day is probably nothing compared to having to be on the front lines of a pandemic that we, that nobody has experienced before. Yeah, it's just been interesting because, like you're saying, it's like we feel like we've come to this Um, at least like this whole new phase where things are feeling a little bit like more like we can um, conceptualize what's actually going on Mm -hmm. around us and it's not just a total freak out Mm -hmm. Um, but then those people I think that or just the level of disconnect that has existed in our society has whoever um, did engage with that I think just has held on to it you know oh for sure Um, to an extent maybe not everyone like some people can come around um or some people can fluctuate and they were like really on their game at the beginning mm-hmm. but then just like burnt out yeah um but yeah it's not all at the individual level because it shouldn't have been a situation where we had to burn out it could have been made yeah. more sustainable for oh, everyone for sure. to have just like been okay with just being at home because mm-hmm. it um it shouldn't be like just having like a place to shelter you know mm-hmm. yeah it shouldn't have been that hard but yeah. like for some people it actually was you know because i don't want to discredit that artist yeah yeah and i think that also has to go into just how we treat a lot of our vulnerable people who didn't even get sick or anything but they just didn't have the equipment or even the opportunity or the man i don't even know what the right word but like they just we're not equipped for this pandemic and it's not their fault you have homeless people who have nowhere to go you know they're you have especially like in portland when they were doing the sweeps which they have now renamed but are still essentially doing the same thing so it's what have they renamed it to um i think it's like (laughs) i think it's something like city like 
Oh my God, uh, something like City of Cuba. I couldn't even tell oh you. Oh my God. They put a nicer name on basically the same thing. The same thing. Yeah, it's which just they might have even said like rehoming. But I'm thinking, yeah. where, where could they be home? Yeah, which you is can't... a whole different conversation because just even if you read up on it, you know, they have, there's been many opportunities for Portland to open a facility. You know, there is that empty jail mm-hmm. somewhere. I don't even, ugh, I don't even know where it is in Portland, but it was like an empty jail. And there were a lot of, I mean, I shouldn't discredit everyone, you know, in the in Portland's uh, little government there because there's a lot of people who were really fighting for people to, like, open it up to the homeless. Like, come Mm -hmm. on, like, there's enough room. Mm -hmm. First of all, it employs more people. People need to work there. Like, you know, you have a lot of nonprofits who could definitely, you know, donate. Mm -hmm. People who want to get involved. And for a lot of the other officials just to be like, well, we can't do this because of X, Y, and Z, which were reasons that were not even a good enough excuse to say no. Yeah, nothing can justify not... Not using, utilizing a space right. that's empty. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Anyways, but yeah, you're right. There's definitely a lot of people who I can understand why they were... Why it's easier to maybe denounce the pandemic for as bad as it was just because they didn't have the resources or opportunities that a lot of us had, whether that not be a shelter, like you said, mm-hmm. whether they need the income, they're supporting their family, and when their place goes out of business, it is frustrating. Yeah. Especially since, like, you know, you're out of money. What are you going to do? And the way that it was ho- handled by our government, some people applied for unemployment and still haven't gotten it. Right. Now, how are you to live? What are you supposed to do, you know? And so... I shouldn't, I'm, I'm really harsh. I feel like sometimes I come off as really harsh on people who are like, I'm like, oh my God, just stay home. That's mm. not an option for everyone. Right. They still have mouths to feed. They still have, you know, people still have businesses. People still have X, Y, and Z. And that's where I think our government really failed us. Like, I mean, obviously we had a lot of food banks and stuff like that, but mm. you saw the lines. They were like, people were waiting for hours just to get a box of food. Yeah, and you have to have the time and like the, that's more resources that you need. Yeah, a car. Exactly. To do it and like, and then you money. see like in Europe and other places in Australia, they have like police officers or other like public service officials like come to their, your door and be like, hey, like we have water. Do you guys need water? Do you have this? Do you have that? And you just see how during that time we had a whole protest because of police brutality. And it's mm-hmm. just Oh my god, like, okay. Yeah. Like, wow, that's that's different, you know, and you and you see businesses that are closed, you see businesses that would be open one day and then, you know, they'd be shut down the next and that's they had no time to prepare. They had no time, you know. So it is frustrating and it is and it wasn't it was a hard time for everyone and I always think about it as like how much should we blame individuals as much as we should blame the bigger picture, which is usually, you know, government or other huge organizations. Right, the corporations yeah. that are exploiting the whole situation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's easy to get mad at, you know, like your neighbor for being an asshole and not following the guidelines and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, that's valid too. But <laughs> at the same time, it's like, okay, the what? why do they feel the need to, like, act like this sometimes? Because it's mm-hmm. like, well, they don't have the support they need either. Right. And yeah, should you easy- be expending your energy? Right. I want. I so want to blame so many people. Like, oh my gosh, why are you acting like this? Like, act right. You know what you're supposed to do. You know how you're supposed to do it. Mm-hmm. Let's all work together now. But also mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like they're they need income too. They have mouths to feed. They have to stay afloat too. You know. Mm-hmm. So it just seems like every time something major like this happens, it just feels like the people who need it the most are just getting ignored almost because during that time you know you had people who really needed shelter they needed food they needed income they needed help from the government they needed you know all this and that bare necessities bare necessities Mm -hmm. you're right and they're getting (laughs) turning on the news and watching you know who's gonna win the election biden or trump Mm -hmm. well at this point who cares like uh, either way like we 
still need income. We still need food. We still need shelter, you know? So. Yes. And that's such a good point about the election because then you see how much money is being funneled oh into this goodness. election. Uh, <laughs> but I also really liked what you were saying about um, just looking at your neighbor and you, even if they're being an asshole, it's like, it can be really hard to explain how someone with the means to stay inside and the means to um, follow the guidelines to keep mm -hmm. everyone around them safe, why they would be so resistant to yeah. it. But it's because it's so... It's so difficult to, to wrap our minds around that, that we have had to be in a position to really try to understand where people are coming from. Because oh, sure. it's really it becomes consequential to us and to our other neighbors in our community that we care about, like, why people behave the way that they do. And then you realize it can't be just, like, at an individualized level. And you can call someone out and everyone at an individu individual level should oh, be sure. accountable, yeah. But you don't necessarily have to be placing, mm -hmm. like... I don't know, absolute blame. Mm -hmm. um, there can be a level of understanding because I think like at least seeing where someone's coming from, whether or not you agree, we don't have exactly. to agree at all. For sure. And like, I really realized that too, as my, both of my parents were able to stay employed during this pandemic, mm -hmm. a great privilege, a great, great privilege. And mm -hmm. we were okay. And it literally hit me that I'm like, a lot of people are not okay. A lot right. of people do not have this privilege. A lot of people are really struggling with school whether even if they have the same you know shelter the same wi-fi the same you know access to internet as me like being cooped up and not seeing peers for a while really affects some people even with me it literally kind of made me realize like i have adhd i need to go to the doctor <laughs> like you know oh, what i mean yeah. like it was just so weird because usually a lot of that energy mm -hmm. is just me sitting by someone in the classroom like so how's your day you know da, da, da. so mm -hmm. it gets expended in other ways you know this is a this is even those who are privileged are still struggling. That's when I think you know that, like, okay, this is, like, we need to we need to get on this. We need to really delve into this and see how we can support everyone during this time. Because, yeah, it's easy to, like, like, I mean, my parents, like, went to the store and they they saw one of their, their friends. And their friends were like, yeah, like, I haven't been in work for, like, this long. Like, yeah. da 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 She even said, she's like, I didn't really hit me hard until I was talking to them and was like wow we are very lucky like mm -hmm. we are very you know grateful to be in the position that we're in like how can we help those who need our help you know because mm -hmm. it's really easy to like go through something I think difficult and like be like okay we're okay like good we're stable awesome mm -hmm. and then kind of be like okay well that's just me you know and because for a while like that's kind of obviously your first priority like making sure you're okay like like on the plane you know they always tell you like if an emergency happens like make sure you have your mask on first and then you help the person like you know next to you or whatever yeah. but i think sometimes it's really easy to be like okay i have my mask on i'm ready you know yeah. so you know and it's not so much as like a maybe the selfish thing sometimes but just more of like a survival thing a lot of people aren't totally. used to like okay i'm okay now how can i support other people who may not be okay you might not have all the means to fix everything. Like we kind of feel like an all or nothing mm -hmm. sort of dichotomy. For sure, for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. like, well, I can't save everyone, yeah. so I'm just gonna make sure I'm okay. Yeah. And that's all I can do. But there can be a next step. Yeah. I think also we can't force anyone to think that way. But I. No, I, you can't. That's, yeah. yeah. And. <laughs> but I've seen more of yeah. a, a just like societal shift that I think more people are leaning more towards that second thought. I think they are. Everyone doesn't always have that, like, how can I help the whole community? Sometimes it's, how can I help this one person in the community? Whether I agree with that person they're helping or not, I'm like, at least the act alone is in the right direction. Mm. And sometimes that's all you can ask for, from some people is like, okay, at least their mindset is in the right direction. Like, 
don't take, you know, maybe you think it's a baby step as just a baby step. Maybe it is a, a bigger step for them. Cause, right. You know. It's a knows? cumulative yeah, impact. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's just definitely something that I've learned during the pandemic is that it really just opened my eyes into how much we can give and how much we can help, mm-hmm. whether we have a lot or not. Yeah. Sometimes, honestly, it's just time, too. I mean, I know so that... True. I've been visiting my grandmother a lot more because she is in one of those, like, assisted livings. And I'm like, I can imagine how lonely she's been. I mean, obviously, they have, you know, their friends there. They have their great workers who work there. I mean, I know a lot of people, like, a lot of the workers would, you know, send pictures of her for for us. Like, just mm. hanging out with her, you know. And mm. it gave you some peace of mind because it's like, okay, she's not alone. But I'm like, I haven't seen my gra- I haven't spent, like, a good time with my grandmother for a long time. Because, one, I go to school in a different state. Yeah. and the pandemic we couldn't go during then you know we can only like facetime and stuff like that mm-hmm. but i'm like i want to spend time with her because I don't, I don't see her a lot i feel like it's just so good for my soul to spend time with her because not only because she's my grandma and i love her but mm-hmm. like she probably does really appreciate the time and mm-hmm. i have a good time there and it's like it's something that's so good that comes for like the both of us and it seems dumb that i didn't do it before but really just like showing up as you are and just like kicking it with your grandma can be very valuable time right and even yeah. if you don't see any like outcome other than right. just enjoying just being time. there yeah yeah and that's something i yeah and it's just crazy because like we were talking before the podcast i've mm-hmm. just spent a lot of time during since i've been back which has only been like a month mm-hmm. but like kind of like by myself just because i'm not working right now and mm-hmm. i'm just taking a break and as nice as it's been it's just super like weird because i'm usually someone who's like I've been, I've had a job since I was 15, like, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I worked during, I worked during, like, you know, university and stuff like that, so a lot of, spending a lot of time by myself, it's almost, like, really relaxing, because even during Mm. the pandemic, like, the peak of the pandemic, when I was, like, kind of stuck with my family, but now I'm just kind of, like, going about my day, and I'm just like, oh, interesting, and it's just, it's very interesting, because I always think, like, I've always been a pretty independent person, and mm-hmm. I, like I said, I went, like, by a hi- uh, on a hike in Forest Park by myself, and it mm-hmm. didn't feel weird, it didn't feel like, I'm like, oh, I need someone, mm-hmm. but I just really noticed that, like, oh my gosh, when you're alone, or you're, like, doing things by yourself, there's almost this kind of relief of, like, oh my gosh, I'm alone, but at least, like, my thoughts are my own, you know, like, yes. and it's not that, like, the people I surround myself, like, you know, implement their like thoughts or whatever into me right but it's just like oh like when you're by yourself you really do learn a lot about yourself because like I said all your thoughts are your own like I was going on this hike and I was like oh my gosh that is so cool like I'm gonna take a picture of this I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that and like I probably wouldn't do that if I was with somebody else because you know you're engaging with somebody else you're making connection which is so great and so important too but sometimes when you're by yourself you're just kind of like like this like almost a serenity to it so that pandemic really did help me with that too because like I said like obviously a lot of people were alone and maybe they were too isolated but Mm -hmm. one of the good things to come out of the pandemic was definitely finding like kind of like a center of self like oh okay like that's Mm. super cool and I feel like having that that silence with yourself when you're hiking um that engagement and connection that you're saying you usually have to focus towards someone else if you're going in a group it's just as important that you're engaging and connecting with yourself oh for sure but there is this other element of just peace because there isn't yeah there isn't that like voice in the back of your head thinking about trying to like be pleasant to Mm -hmm. other people right i mean not necessarily because sometimes yeah if you aren't centered in yourself maybe you do question yourself even in your own space and i think that's part of why some people get a lot of anxiety when they are alone so i think yeah that's amazing that you found like a level of peace when you're by yourself I think that 
is not always like attainable but like it comes with practice after it comes with so much practice mm -hmm. and I think definitely moving to college essentially by myself mm -hmm. was definitely that like furthering step that I was like wow like I can do this I can, I can do this by myself and it was just kind of crazy because going like my parents my uh, my father he ended up going to college I think he has his associates and what he kind of does has to do a lot with like like uh like CAD and stuff like that which is kind of like a programming software so a lot of that is like maybe more experience less schooling like obviously they give you the basics and stuff like that so he did like graduate with associates and then uh the way he kind of explains it is like the more practice and stuff you do with this kind of stuff like that's what th my job kind of what we're looking for is more like you know how to do it you build off of it mm -hmm. and then so much like sitting in a classroom like people telling you how to do it mm -hmm. so he has his associates and stuff like that and like um basically essentially is what i see so as like kind of like computer science mm -hmm. and then my mom ended up going to um PSU graduating from PSU mm -hmm. and stuff like that but very close to home you know mm -hmm. and they both like worked and stuff like that like me put themselves through college and stuff like that so we all kind of have that experience of like okay like working through college getting that um education but again like my mom's like well I, I lived at home I just drove I commuted my dad too he's like yeah I was kind of like you know living within the area and I'm okay I moved to Arizona and was like oh, oh here I am mm -hmm. so um <laughs> it was definitely yeah and so for a while I was I was a little bit alone because I didn't have mm -hmm. immediate family anywhere near, you know, my roommate, my freshman year, love her to death, um, mm -hmm. still love her, she ended up transferring, but um, we really hit it off, but she okay. was from the area, like, you know what I mean, she was from oh, Phoenix, yeah. so she could go home whenever her family was there, she knew people, you know, mm -hmm. around, she's like, oh yeah, so-and-so went to my high school, so-and-so, you know, da-da-da-da, mm -hmm. so I was like, oh wow, like, I don't know anyone, <laughs> Yeah. and like, you know, but uh, for me, I was like, okay, well, this gives me an opportunity to know a lot of people, right? Right, and so also, oh, sorry. No, we go were, ahead. I was talking you about You had this. a kind of experience, uh, similar experience, too. Yeah, totally, and I was talking about this with my, um, my coworkers the other day, and we were just, like, talking about how nerve-wracking it can be to meet new people but also it's such an opportunity not only to just like get to know other people but to get to know yourself oh for sure because they don't have they might make like snap judgments but they don't mm -hmm. have the assumptions that they've built on what they the conceptions that they had when they first met mm -hmm. you but now you're a different person than exactly. when you first met those people exactly. and you have to prove yourself as a new person to these people you've known for years like all the time mm -hmm. either that or you just default into someone that you don't really believe yourself to be anymore exactly so you get to learn more about yourself when you don't you have to prove so yourself do and it mm -hmm. that's what i always it always kind of like threw me because when i started making friends it was just so interesting because obviously you grow up honestly through like this kind of level of knowing everyone even though if you don't know everyone you know what i mean like yeah. you just have this like conceptualized idea of them even if you don't know them and mm -hmm. it's kind of like some there's comfort in that of course because it's like obviously I speak from like my experience like I'd go into high school not worried about you know what people like necessarily think of me or like this or that just because I'm like I've known you guys forever like your your conception of who I am as a person is already kind of set in stone at this point mm -hmm. just because I'm in an environment that we've been in since elementary school Right. So it's kind of like, I guess there was like a little bit of a comfort there for me. I know some people, they don't take it like that in high school. They're like, everyone's looking at me. I'm like, da, 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 da. So that's definitely maybe just a personal, <laughs> maybe just a personal experience. But mm -hmm. like, that's just kind of how I went through high school. I was kind of like, eh, I'm here, whatever. Yeah. And then obviously going to college, it was very eye-opening because I'm like, these people don't know me at all. Like, mm -hmm. they don't know my experiences. They don't know this or that. So yeah, it really just kind of taught me like, I need to make connections like wherever I go, mm -hmm. regardless of what I think about 
the environment I'm in because that's the only way to make it better. Like, I always, like, think back. Like, I'm like, I wonder how many other connections, like, I just didn't really make just because I was just kind of like, well, I'm here to do this and that. Like, I'm not really here to make friends, you know, so. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. I and I think that comes with a level of, like, insecurity because I notice when I go into new spaces and I'm feeling like, okay, I'm not here to make friends. That's yeah. literally just me being afraid of rejection and yeah, like putting yeah, up these walls because sure. I'm like what if I try to connect and it doesn't work and yeah. I walk away feeling embarrassed or rejected Seriously. but it's so much more worth it to at least seek it out because whatever else you're seeking in that environment it won't be the same if you didn't it try even I would like go to the gas station across the street from Chipotle every shift almost and get a Red Bull which by the way is terrible for your health stop drinking those all the time <laughs> Um, I had to stop because I was like, oh, my sugar intake, I'm going to get, like, diabetes. But um, the cashier would obviously see me, and he would literally have my Red Bull, like, like for, ready for me, and I would just have to go to pay. Oh, shit. And it was just because I would always, you know, it was just so routine and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And so he'd always be like, yeah, he's like, all right, Red Bull. I'm like, yep. And, like, you know, it was already there for me. i just pay and go, and it just made, it was so funny and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. we probably didn't say that much to each other. I think one time he's like, I'm not working tomorrow, but if you come in, I'm just going to tell the person that you get a Red Bull and, like, leave it up here for you. And I was just like, dude, we're not even, like, <laughs> we, like, barely smile at each other just because we're, like, in and out. Like, mm. this is so funny. Like, just the, the small connections. Yeah, and it's, like, make. a small ge a gesture of caring for you that, yeah, like, you like, got used to this routine and he wants you to feel comfortable walking right? in for your Red like, Bull. And whether it was just, like, a maybe, like, a, like, a... <laughs> It's just easier to get it, like, do this because she comes in every day. It's yeah. just, like, the fact that you still do it. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so, I don't know. I just thought it was the nicest thing, and it was just so funny. And, like, it was just a small gesture that I thought was just so kind and so nice, and I don't yeah. even know who he is, you know. But <laughs> it was very much appreciated, and, and I, like, have been looking forward to, like, making other, like, connections like that just mm -hmm. because, I don't know, it's just so beneficial to, I think, people's, not only, like, their mental health, but they're just, like, socializing in the mm. world it's just i don't know i just think it was really cute i'm like oh my god i wonder if i could like do that for someone like just like small little things like you know what i mean like just provide like a small act of kindness that will that will benefit somebody in like a small way like whether they appreciate it or not who cares that's not the point like right so yeah. and i agree i think it's super important that level of socializing and just doing things for for others for no other reason than just because you think yeah. they'd like it right. <laughs> you know it could improve someone's day but, um, yeah, I think that socializing just in general on a daily basis with strangers um, is it's important and it's like another thing that can, like, take practice and something that got taken away from us. Oh, for sure. But there's Definitely. also, yeah, like, these levels of, um, like, safety, too. I think, like, <laughs> as you know, yeah. like, being a woman, I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't want someone to, like, there's just levels of, like, oh, I don't know, men walk around feeling entitled to everything. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> just that's a, like a broad statement, but if you know, you know. And mm -hmm. I think, so sometimes if I feel like I'm going out of my way to do something nice for a man, then they'll think like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I have yeah. this, like different no, you're intentions. So, right. so yeah. I definitely am careful about that, but I realized that, that that feeling has translated into a lot of my interactions when I'm mm -hmm. just out and about. And I'm also very resistant to, like, if someone wants to open the door for me. Because I'm like, are you opening the door because I'm a woman? Yeah, <laughs> seriously, come like... on now. It's definitely, I totally agree. Because there's definitely times where you have to, especially being a woman, you have to be cautious. And I'd rather mm -hmm. always be cautious and safe than, like, so obviously sorry, right? Right. And luckily, obviously, like, that, that guy, I think it was a really good opportunity to show kindness without showing, like, almost, like, interest, you know what I mean? Totally. Like, 
one, um, like I said, our interactions were brief. Like, you know, mm -hmm. it's literally like, yeah. Red Bull, Red Bull. Have a good day, Red. You too. Leave. Yeah, right? no expectations. Yeah, and it was just super nice. And I think, honestly, some men could take notes from that because mm -hmm. it was definitely one of those things where it was just so, I think also why I appreciate it a lot because it was genuine kindness where he didn't get anything, you know, like really in return other than just our interaction. Right, which he's not making that dollar. Right, exactly, right? And it was <laughs> never like flirty. In fact, sometimes it was very like, all right, here you go. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Which obviously I'm not like, you know, saying like, you have to be like really shut off and closed off. That's not what I'm saying. He wasn't super closed off, but it was never, uh, I was never in a position where I felt like, oh, here we go again. Like he's hitting on me and stuff mm -hmm. like that, which I think is where a lot of men cross the line and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, it's like one of those things where it's like, I'm never too nice at first to men. <laughs> Yes, I'm never you. too nice mm. at first to men. I'm very, I'm not rude, but <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely not. Well, sometimes it turns out they approach me, but you know, I'm, mm. I'm very just kind of like, mm, like you know, mm -hmm. and like every time, like somebody was like the other day, the guy was like, oh, do you mind if I borrow the wave? But he asked me, and I look at him. I'm not smiling. I'm not like, what? You know, mm -hmm. I like look at him and I wait for them to speak first. You know, and mm -hmm. then he's like, can I borrow the wave? I'm like, yep. There, there's no need for me to, you know, I don't know. So I definitely, um, yeah, that's definitely something that. <laughs> that I always am mindful of, especially yeah. like I keep saying like, oh, I love like making connections, but I also like being safe and alive and totally. healthy. Yeah. So a lot of connections like are more maybe opportunity based. Um, mm -hmm. I don't really go out yeah. trying to make random connections, especially with men. <laughs> yeah, because I always so, hear yeah. like when I hear people saying I love to just go out, talk to strangers. The only time I've heard someone say that has been a man. And I'm oh, sure that women do it too. But mm. there's a there's a layer of like, protecting yourself mm -hmm. um and something that i've talked about recently too that i kind of wonder why like anytime i'm going out alone and i'm approached by a man it is it's only when i'm alone it's not mm -hmm. when i'm in a group um or if there's like one other person with me and i was wondering like what is going on there and it's been built into our like um, and you know, just patriarchal norms that like mm -hmm. when a woman is alone, that means that there is an empty space that's waiting to be taken up. Whereas mm -hmm. a man is alone, he's filling his space on its on his own. Yeah. And then it, we're seen as like, that's an empty space that like a man needs to come and fill. Exactly. And obviously that's false, but that's yeah. the way that we are, I think, seen when we're out walking alone. I think like more centering myself and like really asking myself like questions that I maybe not would, would not have asked myself prior to the pandemic didn't really have to ask yeah. myself prior to the pandemic so I was just trying to be mindful of how to treat other people and how they wanted to be treated if they needed a little more space if they needed you know more connection just how how they needed to be taken care of just really coming in tune and trying to like read other people but also not only like reading other people by me making my own assumptions but just letting them kind of tell me their love languages mm -hmm. you know and not so many words but maybe like their actions because to me, I always see, like, oh, how people treat other people is kind of how they want to be treated. Or how people, like, you know, like, act towards different subjects is kind of how, like, they feel about things. And I don't always like to make assumptions because everyone's a complex human being with complex thoughts. And people change and people change their opinions. and Or people change, like I said, like, I changed what I consider to be my love languages and stuff. So mm -hmm. just kind of giving people the grace to show me how they wanted to be treated and show me how they wanted to receive um, what they needed and that's kind of how I tried to go off supporting the people who who I care about and who I love so yeah yeah I love that so much that's such a good example of just like why it's so important to be self-aware first yeah um, for sure. <laughs> before for you sure. try to insert yourself yeah, in other people's no. lives it takes a level of just like being literally just 
present with someone yeah. and with that person because like you said the way that people treat others might reflect the way that they want to be treated exactly. but that doesn't mean that the way you want to be treated is always the way you should treat others exactly exactly yeah you have to learn from them and just that you just have to be with them and you'll find out because exactly most people don't keep it a secret like how they, they want to don't. be taken they care really of. You don't they really just have to listen thank god though so because <laughs> i think sometimes True. i'm like uh -huh, what okay it can be hard to navigate it for sure especially if you don't like resonate with it if you don't resonate yeah, with the way no, that someone sure. wants to be taken care of it is really relieving when you can find people who like are I don't even want to say like on a higher level but are just more like self-aware and like aware of how other people operate and stuff like that mm -hmm. makes it a lot less exhausting and oh yeah and it's just it's nice it's just nice because I feel like all my friends are so like different from me and mm -hmm. I've had a lot of people like tell me they're like I feel like you've lived like so many lives and I'm like Whoa. I have not I literally <laughs> have not I'm like I think for me for a while like uh, I think sometimes my friendships, when they are beginning, center around maybe, like, one or two things. Like, oh, yeah. And so I think it's it's really funny when I, like, think about all my friends and how different they are and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, oh, interesting. Like, right. Crazy. Crazy, crazy, yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's not, like, and there doesn't have to be any animosity of the ways that you connect to other people differently, like, with one friend or the other. Mm -hmm. Because being having that self-awareness of what you want from a relationship and then... Um, the ways that you connect with different people allows you to just like communicate that and appreciate each friendship for what it is so yeah. that you're not like, you don't have this one standard of what you want, just like this umbrella friendship to look like. Yeah. And then if someone doesn't match it, then they're just like dropped. Like it, yeah. it doesn't work that way. You no, just it have does to not. appreciate what people, um, bring in your lives and the ways yeah. that you can interact with that and reciprocate it. And I think that's why I just, like, seeing jealousies between friendships and stuff, yeah. especially even, like, romantic relationships where it's like, oh, but you connect with this, like, close friend mm -hmm. really well, and I can't talk to you the way that you talk to your friend. But that should be a good thing because it's yeah. like, thank God you have this person in your life that exactly. you connect with. And, like, if you can appreciate that, everything is so much healthier, like, I think. It is. No, mm -hmm. and I agree. And that's, like, kind of, like, back to what you're saying about, like, how – especially during this pandemic it like opened my eyes to how to treat people because mm. like i said a lot of my friends are very different from each other going back to what i said like just kind of like oh i wonder how i can like observe or even like you know like kind of like dive more into like how they're they want to be treated during this time or mm -hmm. how they're gonna re like reciprocate um their level of care to other people or how all the people in my life like kind of operate and how that i can help them and how i can like serve them in any way so it definitely takes i think some not only practice but also some really like questioning even to your like your friends like oh like how are you doing with this how are you doing with that like mm. do you need an ear or do you need some advice and i always like usually start out with that and i think a lot oh, of people, i love that yeah i think a lot of people mm. think it's weird i used to think it's weird so i should not be saying other people i used to think it was really weird <laughs> when people were like do you want to vent or do you just want to listen to and it wasn't so much of like you should know what i want but mostly just like sometimes I didn't even know right. I'd be like, I don't know and it's just, hard to answer that question yeah and so I think mm -hmm. learning how people like you know want to be treated how people you know and I think it's just definitely like a mindful thing and I think it's really yeah. helped me and I think for someone like me it's I'm definitely I think almost like a fixer maybe sometimes like mm -hmm. I just definitely see a problem and I'm just like I can help you like let me give you advice and that's not for everyone right and it's kind of funny I said that because it's really not for me either you know what I mean well, so yeah, I'm the same and yeah. I'm, but it's just so funny because I'm like okay but for me I'm definitely like you tell me something I, I can fix it for you and that's not what everyone needs and like I think for a while I was like 
I know I didn't know what he's taking my advice. Like, I'm a genius. Like, you know what I mean? It's definitely, like, that, like, narcissistic, like, kind of, like, oh, come on. Like, mm -hmm. but, again, like, that's not what everyone needs. Like, you know, right. you got to think outside. You have to think about, like, you know, especially if it's a situation I haven't been, what, who am I to be like, I can fix this problem? Yeah. Even if I do think I have a good solution for it. It might be the best solution for you, but not for the other person. Yeah, and mm -hmm. even if it, like, was, it's, like, in, it's not, a lot of people don't learn by obviously just getting the answer. Like, you know what I mean? As corny as that sounds, like, if I just, like, you know, a lot of people learn about themselves and about different situations in people by trial and error or just going through an experience. Mm -hmm. That's how I've learned the best. That's how, you know, I, like, always operate or when I, like, you know, reevaluate things. I'm like, oh, well, I learned from this experience that, like, that was not the best idea, you know what I mean? <laughs> or, like, or like, dang, I'm a genius. Like, I, I killed that, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And like, that's not something that I think people can just tell you. Totally. You know, you, you don't mm -hmm. get that, you don't get the same, I think, experience, learning experience. Even if the outcome was the same from what they told you to do, mm -hmm. you you miss that experience. You miss, like, the feelings and, like, the the mindfulness of, like, okay, I did this and that came out of it. Excuse me, a lot of people lost a lot of people and, ugh, just the thing about it is just kind of traumatizing on its own, you know? Mm. And But it was really hard because you see that all the time in the news. That's all you see. That sometimes that's all what I felt like I would wake up and that's all I knew was like, mm. okay, people are dying. Like, it felt like it was so close, you know? Like, mm. okay, when are we next? It was really hard for me to, like, conceptualize, like, being present and not, and also, like, preparing. Mm -hmm. And so for something that that hadn't happened yet. And so I think it was obviously like mindful to like obviously have a plan like, oh, well, if I did get COVID, I need to do this. But if anyone of us gets COVID, we're going to do X, Y, and Z. And I think that maybe for me, it should have been left at that. Not so much as like overthinking and over planning like my own demise or somebody I know's demise. Or, mm -hmm. But again, being present, I think was really important during that time. But mm -hmm. it's, it's hard to be like, well, we all need to be present right now. Right. Uh, <laughs> hello, you know, but yeah. so it's hard, but I think also finding again that balance of being being present but also like not being you know like not being prepared too right because that's scary too like obviously you don't want to over prepare to the point where you were stressing like I was but also I feel like it is a very real thing and just yeah. how COVID was spreading like it was important to be prepared and have a plan so it was definitely uh, like a learning process of me being like back and forth like yeah I'm stressed no I'm not yes you are like yeah no I'm not you know what I mean like it was like I felt like it, for a while it was like this daily thing of like I'm stressed I'm stressed I'm stressed I'm stressed and then I was like no I'm present like we're healthy it's like okay but other people aren't okay now you're stressed again did it right. you know what I mean so it's just very it's very hard but I think you know kind of coming to and like Again, finding that balance was something that, again, I still struggle with. And just with other things, too, not just, you know, COVID, but, you know. Oh, like, okay, like, are you going to be financially stable? Da -da -da -da. Mm -hmm. You will be, but will I? Yeah, you will. I feel like sometimes it's like this back and forth between myself, and I'm just like, mm -hmm. great, I'm stressing myself out. I'm not as present as I need to be, but I also don't want to be so present that I'm not prepared. I think it has to do with having the most realistic expectations for yourself. Because yeah. you can't expect yourself to just deal with what you have in this present moment even if you can acknowledge yeah right now I'm really stressed and that's okay but you can't expect yourself to deal with that on top of being ready to deal with the emotional um turmoil or whatever exactly. that you might face no, in the future seriously. with this what situation that's unrealistic for you to deal with both of those things at the same time mm -hmm. so I think that that's what the being present is is just like not expecting yourself to do things that you don't you weren't ready to do exactly. in that moment mm -hmm. exactly and it's hard because you want to like a lot of times you know I always think about like 
pushing myself to do other things because it's not so much that I have like anxiety about things but it's almost like I have this like permissive perspective about some things at the same time you know it's hard to find the balance of of making sure that you're taking care of yourself but you're also like pushing yourself to do new things and like find new experiences so I feel like maybe that's like the whole part of life is just pushing yourself to try to find yeah find like you know uh different experiences whether you like it or not and it's <laughs> like I think I always try to like be like oh my god everything has to be a good experience well it doesn't because that's not how the world works and you mm. know for sure that like there's gonna be bad experiences there's gonna be great experiences there's gonna be experiences in between far in and far out mm -hmm. so maybe just being okay with that is where I need to be but I'm not always quite there yet you know because yeah. sometimes I'm just like I could have been doing this instead of that but right. Who knows? Yeah, and you can totally be taking care of yourself when you end. Because it was like, oh, yeah, you can either push yourself or take care of yourself. But you can take care of yourself while you're pushing yourself. That's very true. Yeah, because if you very end up true. in a situation where you're like, well, this didn't turn out the way that I wanted it to, I think part of taking care of yourself is giving yourself that grace. That, yes. Like, well, yeah. I maybe giving attention to what you learned or what you're gonna like do going forward like okay I pushed myself and I didn't like this outcome so this is what I'm gonna do with the rest of my time so I think that it's all a, a process like you can say so you don't have to ever necessarily know what's gonna be worth it or not you're just gonna have to find out exactly. and, you know <laughs> yeah it's not the shitty part though yeah no yeah it's, no, it's <laughs> that's definitely what makes it hard. that's yeah that's definitely the part it's like finding out and mm -hmm. it's so essential though which is so mm -hmm. like it's I think it's just ironic it's just irony is such a fickle bitch I don't know we're all doing our best we really are <laughs> we really really are so um, now we're gonna hop into the future yeah <laughs> <laughs> and if you imagine yourself Either you have children of your own or there are just kids in your life yeah. that look up to you. So they ask you, like, hey, what was it like to live during the pandemic or even just the year 2020? Because they're going to be learning about it in their history class and they're going to get to ask you about it. So what's the first thing that comes to mind that you would want them to know? Yeah. Wow. Um, I always forget how historic this 2020 really was. Um I think one thing that I would tell, like, future generations, one, I would probably tell them, like, as bad as it got, as just stressful and even, like, traumatic at times as it was, it was definitely one of those things where you're kind of glad, at least for me, where I lived in it instead of hearing about it. And I think it might be because, you know, you learn about a lot of you know, uh, especially like in history class, you know, and stuff like that. You just learn about a lot of different events that happen throughout time and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. I guess for me, I'm always like, I wonder what like the average person was thinking. Cause you always hear from the side of like either the government or like, you know, like, or they say, you know, like history's writ written by the victors and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And like all this stuff like that. Or you just hear from like, oh, you know, well, President so-and-so said this about it, and then, like, his cabinet and all this stuff, you don't often hear from, like, the average everyday person. Like, maybe you hear, like, it generalized, like, oh, and a lot of people were, like, you know, like, placed out of work, or da-da-da-da-da, like, okay. But I think being, living through it is going to be something that will hopefully, you know, be able to tell the next generations just kind of how it really was, because... I think I would just tell them that it was a time that I think, at least for me, I kind of tried to prepare myself as best as I could. And I, I kept thinking, like, 
well, it can't get any worse from from this. Mm-hmm. And then somehow it kind of got worse from there. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, it was just kind of like, I'm like, okay, we're in a pandemic. Okay. I, as soon as I felt like I was able to, like, process that, then it's like, boom. Like, police brutality, Black Lives Matter, the world's protesting. And I was like, wow. Like, during a pandemic. And I was like, holy crap. Like, what is going on? And then it's just like, this and that happened and this and that happened. And, like, boom. Now we're in an election, a historic election. And it's crazy. Like, People are still protesting. We're still in a pandemic and the police are still, you know, being brutal, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was just, it was just a lot to kind of process at the same time. But I think I would tell future generations that it's one, I think it's going to be for them, one of the most pivotal learning points in how you're portrayed in not only how some are going to be portrayed in history, but just of the... The events that took place during 2020 and how it felt so divided, right? Even though we were all experiencing a lot of similar things. Mm-hmm. And obviously a lot of different, I think, oh, it's just crazy to think about because like with the pandemic, I think that's definitely one historic thing. We were all essentially experiencing this pandemic similarly in the sense of, like, we were all going through a pandemic. We all had to essentially, like, wear masks. You know, obviously not everyone abided by that, but more or less, you know. Mm-hmm. We all had to wear masks. A lot of things were shut down. We are all kind of, you know, quartered in together, whatever. But, again, with, like, Black Lives Matter, it was definitely more of, like, a you versus me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It was very kind of condescending to the pandemic where it was like we're all in this together you know that was kind of like the thing like we're all in this together we're all gonna like help each other get back to normal that's what they're kind of pushing and in black lives matter it was very divisive it was very like you know like oh like they don't support black lives matter they do you know what i mean which the contrast of the division between the unity i thought Mm. was very ironic and very weird yeah and then with the election on top of it and how like black lives matter was politicized and then of course the pandemic was politicized right it was almost like it was just very chaotic and it was just very (laughs) Mm -hmm. it was just like oh my goodness like it almost seemed like where everyone was supposed to like come together no one was coming together Mm -hmm. but it was also one of those things where it's like okay, I don't want it to seem like, yeah, people definitely should, almost, like, should have come together. Because, of course, it's easier that way. But there's definitely situations where you don't want to, you know, let down of your morals or even, like, well, basically that. You don't want to let go of your morals and stuff like that just to almost, like, not create conflict with one another. Right. And so I think that will maybe be missing a lot in the history books and, like, the retelling of this time. Is I think maybe it'll be easy to say, like, there's a lot of conflict, there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of people were disagreeing, we had the this and the that. And that's very true. But also, it's it it's more complex than that. And, of course, yeah. you can't get into the complexity, like, when you're learning about it. So that's why I think I'm going to tell future generations just how complex these issues were mm-hmm. and how... It was it was a hard time to kind of separate a lot of things because a lot of things were contradicting. Mm-hmm. But in the sense, it was like one of those things where it's like we kind of needed to be on the same team and on the same. You know what I mean? So it was just very, it was just very complex time, and it was a very, it was just kind of wild. It yeah. was just very unbrazen and wild. It was there was a lot of division and i and i think when people hear division they think of it as like all the division was terrible but i don't really see it that way i think Mm. 
I think it really opened our eyes to just one, not only like the downfall of America's like healthcare system, but also of like its government and also of its like public service services that it had to offer and like again like the police you know and and but also on the other end like how their behavior became you know uh essential to a lot of a lot of like the black lives matters movement and a lot of how we perceive violence and a lot of how the media perceives violence and a lot of like the man i'm trying to think how to word this like almost the kind of like how we put a lot of like trust and faith into a lot of systems here in America that fail us a lot daily. And then how we just kind of, for a long time, we're kind of just like turned a blind eye. At least a lot of us were kind of just like, yeah, man, that sucks. Like, but then you really, I think this gave us a time to really be like, okay, that sucks. But not only does it suck, but this needs to change. Or like, mm-hmm. this is not going to work, you know? So I think that's something else that's going to like, maybe not be exposed maybe explained as in depth in like history and stuff like that so i think i'd like to really emphasize that to future generations that like this is such a complex issue and it really does take some critical thinking and it really does take some you know time to step back and evaluate and i think it's going to be one of those things where you i hope that our like future historians and stuff like that who do tell the next generation i hope they really uh emphasize on that how complex it was and how Mm -hmm. difficult it was for a lot of people and how really iconic it really was to live during during this time because Mm -hmm. there's just i just know in the future it's just people are gonna ask like yeah 2020 like wow that was and you're gonna be like you have no idea you have no idea so as you know traumatic and as terrible as it was i do feel a sense of like gratefulness that i actually got to live through it because now i am one of those people who is like i am the average person i am somebody who wasn't in the government that time i was in college like what was i right shoot like i'm nobody you know that they're gonna like this random college student said you know what i mean but right again i think uh the average person's perspective on how things were is probably the more accurate perspective of how things were especially mm-hmm. if you're not in like the elite you know like if you're not in the government if you're not you know super like well off if you're not like you know so i think your that perspective of how 2020 went down will be probably the most important if not beneficial to tell the future generation because we truly lived through it all like we were not a lot of us weren't you know blessed with you know a lot of privileges and stability that maybe some other people were Mm -hmm. and so it's definitely going to be interesting it's going to be interesting how it's told in the future Mm -hmm. and i'm curious to see how i mean i remember doing dbqs and stuff like that i'm curious to see how the questions will act i'm curious to see how uh historians will tell it i'm curious to see how the future generation will react Mm -hmm. and how they think about it because i i don't know it's it's kind of weird yeah. To be in history when you've studied history and you're like, that's crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. Because obviously it's like, you know, you think about, I don't know, like, historical you're like, that's absolutely crazy. I can't believe you lived through that. But even now I'm like, yeah, that was really crazy and it was really bad. But now that we're kind of in a different place, we're kind of coming out of this, like, it almost feels like a different world and kind of back into normalcy or what our normalcy looks like now. It's almost like a new chapter. I look back on that old chapter and I was like, that was really crazy but like i'm still alive like i'm still here like i always think when i think back when i look at like events in history i'm like 
how did they even make it through? Like, that's so, like, right. what the heck? But I'm like, I made it through. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm still here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, <laughs> you know, like, I, I've, you know, definitely changed. I've definitely, you know, um, been able to, like, like we were talking about previously, explore, like, different aspects of myself and how I perceive things. But I will definitely be ex- excited to just kind of open up maybe, like, uh, dialogue to future generations and see mm. how their take is and see how they react and see how their world and what we've produced for them maybe changes their perspective of what went on in 2020 mm-hmm. so it'll definitely be topic for conversation yeah I think that's such a perfect point because it's like that our experience now it won't just be like this one experience living in a vacuum because we've we've experienced this piece of history and because of the promise that that complexity offers for change then we're we're continuing into more history Mm -hmm. that will be a part of those future generations history um so it's kind of just like history is not i think like the way we um construct it it's like history is a thing of the past but Mm -hmm. it's not it lives Mm -hmm. now and um as the ways that it points us in the direction that we're moving forward so it's less of a I like that it's like, well, if they ask me, it's going to be a conversation. I'm not going to sure. sit them down and lecture them. Yeah. I'm going to learn from them, too. Yeah, no, for sure. Because, I mean, it's it's hard because, again, it's it, I think especially like learning history, at least from what I remember, you know, in like high school and even in university, it's never so much as complex as it is when you really get in depth with it. So mm-hmm. I think, you know. Children will learn about it. They'll learn about definitely like this election and they'll learn about, you know, the pros and the cons and this and that and the perspectives and everything. But it's hard to really grasp on what it was like, again, from the standpoint of like history books and people who who haven't lived with it. Because, you know, it's funny, like I remember in high school, all my history teachers, you know, when they were talking about things that were, you know, way, like events that were way back before even they were born or able to register, it obviously comes up a lot different than the more recent events that they were able to live through. Mm-hmm. And so they're able to be like, well, I remember, you know, during that time, such and such was happening. And that gives you so much more like, oh, OK, like an understanding of how it was. So I think it might honestly be a good opportunity for I mean, I guess it depends on how how in the future we're talking. But mm-hmm. I hope that there will definitely be like historians who can hold on to that complexity and how, how, how it was and how a lot of like the average people lived and how the average people took this pandemic and the protest and the election and everything in Mm -hmm. in between. So it will definitely be um, a topic of conversation. I think it'll be very interesting because I think a lot of these issues that really did arise had been long overdue to be talked about and had long overdue to be protested about. And it was, definitely opened up a lot of people a lot more people's eyes i think Mm -hmm. and it's definitely whether it be good or bad you know there's been obviously extremes on both ends but i think it's kind of garnered a lot of people to be more i would hope a lot more people to be more like accepting and a lot Mm -hmm. more vocal about where they stand on things because it's so easy when you're not really involved with things to be like yeah i don't really know i don't really have an opinion which granted sometimes it's almost better to maybe be a little more educated before you, you know, really speak your opinions. Like, we've all been there where you're, people are talking about something and you're like, I don't know enough about this, but, like, sure, I agree. You know what I mean? Right. So, it's definitely, I think, opened up a, um, a topic of conversation where people are going out of their way to learn more about such topics, and then they'll, like, they're forming an opinion. 
Mm-hmm. And so it's, I even know for like me, it's like some things I was just like, I didn't really have an opinion on those things because I didn't really, it didn't really necessarily affect me or I just didn't put a lot of thought to it. And now I'm like, I need to put a lot more thought into stuff like this because even though it's not directly affecting me, like it's still in my community, which affects me. So yeah, mm-hmm. it is kind of affecting me, you know, it's affecting the people I love or it's affecting the people I know, or it's affecting the people I care about. Mm-hmm. And so it's definitely one of those things where I hope it opens up um, a lot more dialogue and also opens up the eyes of like future generations to like because i felt like at some point it was almost like a boiling point mm-hmm. where like like especially with the black lives matter i mean we've had multiple protests i feel like throughout my lifetime and there's been multiple outrage on certain things regarding race and class and everything in between where it's like yeah okay but i feel like 2020 was really the year where the whole world i felt like was like okay mm-hmm. wait a minute like let's take a step back and I think it did implement a lot of change, but it also implemented a lot of, oh, we have a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. And with that, a lot of work to do is usually kind of slow rolling at times just mm-hmm. because, you know, a lot of, especially if it's systematic change, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be slow because these are the systems that are set up in a certain way to either benefit, you know, certain people or disenfranchise certain people. Mm-hmm. And when you have to break those chains, obviously one group's not going to be happy. And you see that one group is who, like, the elite, the people who have the money, who have the essential power, mm-hmm. this and that. It's going to take time. It's going to take change. And that's very frustrating for a lot of people because yeah. while we wait for this change, while we have people advocating, while we have people, like, almost fighting this battle, we also have people who are still suffering. Mm-hmm. So it would be interesting, it would be interesting to see, because I think the outcome of all this will have an impact on how it's taught in the future, mm-hmm. and how, you know, I, it's either going to be one of those things where it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, like, there are so many disenfranchised groups in jail, you know, for, like, you know, misdemeanors, and, like, I think it'll be, I think it will look back on time like this and be like, I can't believe we sent people with non-violent like drug charges in jail for like 20 plus years i think right. it would be something that's taboo hopefully mm-hmm. <laughs> hopefully something that's like so taboo like why did we do that and then we'll be able to be like well let's look why we did this we yeah. actually did it because xyz you know what i mean yeah. so i no. just hope that like this uh when the future generations learn about this and at least when i you know give my <laughs> two, <laughs> two cents. cents about it <laughs> Um, I'll definitely, you know, include stuff like that because mm-hmm. I think it's really important to acknowledge that, like, and I already see, I think, teachers, especially with the younger generation, already mm-hmm. touching on topics like that, which is yeah. good, mm-hmm. which is really good because it starts, you know, young and, and a lot of, I, like, I think a lot of people are like, well, there's bias in that, but it's like, it, there's not bias in that. When you look at the numbers, when you look at the statistics, when you look at the data, when you talk to people who are living through it, the best proof that you have it's you know mm-hmm. you know so it's just it's it will be interesting it'll be very interesting but i know that my two cents will definitely will definitely include a lot of those things so yeah i'm i'm hopeful i'm hopeful that the next generations will will look at this time and see it as like a again like a boiling point where everything kind of boiled over and people were were unhappy with how things were running and that it'll they'll be like wow i can't believe we used to do that mm-hmm. or wow i can't believe that happened Right. Because hopefully we'll be at a place where we're like, yeah, I don't think that would happen today. Mm-hmm. I think about that about some events, you know, that happened in the past where I'm like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe, like, like that was able to slide or that right. went through. Or how did they pass that, like, leisure? Or how do they do that? And then I'm like, that would never happen today. Or hopefully that wouldn't happen today. Mm-hmm. But then there's also things, you know, you, again, where you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, well, there's things right now, mm-hmm. maybe not on the same scale, but still, they still have impacts on people. And it's like, oh, my goodness. I hope our future, future generations are like, 
how did that ever go through? How did people miss that? How did, you know, so. Right. Yeah, well, and we've seen a lot of things, like, repeat over history, so that's the important question. (laughs) It's just, like, okay, it's not just how did that happen, it's, like, how and why and what needs to be done so it doesn't happen again, because it shouldn't be so taboo that it's, like, well, we don't talk about it, because that's the issue Mm -hmm. that, like, um, people started going into the... Once people started saying racism doesn't exist in the U.S. anymore, Mm -hmm. people thought they didn't have to talk about race anymore, Mm -hmm. And that's how so many things have, like, Mm -hmm. slid by because people have um, subscribed to this colorblind racism, Mm -hmm. um, which allows, like, the institutions that benefit white supremacy to remain. Yeah. um, And then no one questions it because it's it's taboo to ask about it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, like, I agree. I hope that just the attention is, like, given to the right people. And Mm -hmm. I think that... I'm seeing that now, like, already, like, what you're saying, like, hopefully historians tell the story not from those who won from the scenario, Mm -hmm. like, the elites, because that's what we've seen in our history books, but I think that we're already seeing that we're we're coming to a place where people are interested in those stories like no one wants to hear the perspective Mm -hmm. of jeff bezos like no (laughs) one's interested no yeah we just want we just want um the end to his maldistribution of resources. Yeah. We don't want to hear his perspective. And maybe that's, you know, maybe that's not good. Maybe, like, we should open up more to that. But I think overall, um, there is a lot more focus on the... Exactly. um, Like, the people. And, like, even in the, the, like, massive news, not just, like, local news hearing Mm -hmm. about individualized stories, but, like, New York Times, like, Mother's Day, you know, like, release a story about just, like, average working moms and like their exactly. individual stories and how the pandemic was impacting them yeah. and their motherhood so it's like i'm seeing it already yeah mm-hmm. and that's the stories that you want to hear about because that's the majority of people mm-hmm. i think we're really coming to where we're tired of hearing from people like the elite or jeff bezos that are like yeah it was really hard when i got a divorce in the middle of the pandemic sir there are people that di- like you know not to be kim kardashian like kim there's people dying and wherever but it really is it's like okay like that's great i do not care if he got a divorce and what have and have nots did or did not happen to his stock and blah 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 Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day i don't care like Mm -hmm. i want to hear about the person who is working under him who can't even get a bathroom break and has to pee in a bottle to be honest because that those are the people who are building america and who are serving the people Mm -hmm. and it's just exhausting to keep hearing about you know, these people like, even like, like Elon Musk, like everyone's like, oh my God, he's a genius. He's this or that. He's not. Mm-hmm. You think he's writing up code and engineering and stuff like that? He's not doing that work. Uh, no. Right. Like, do you think he's physically building his cars? Mm-hmm. No. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's just crazy that people give so much, oh, kudos and da 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 I'm like, okay, but you have like a, a regular... Maybe not even regular. Well, yeah, I guess they are would be a regular person working at Tesla using like they're coming up with the codes. They're the geniuses. They're the this. And whether or not they are okay or not with being giving the credit to it, Mm -hmm. it's never going to matter because it's always going to be Tesla and Elon Musk. It's not going to be like Tesla and Jeff from coding who came up with this new like way to make your car talk to you. Right. So it's just like, uh, I don't really want to hear about Elon Musk. Like. They hype him up, or people like Elon Musk, not just Elon Musk himself, okay. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry, Elon Musk. But, um, like, you know, it's just, and it's like that, even with less big, like, corporations. Like, you can even go, like, like, in the hospitals. Like, yeah, they always put, like, you know, like, the head of the hospital, which I'm sure, don't get me wrong, maybe a hospital was a bad example, because they're all doing what they can to, you know, help the system. But 
a lot of times they're not working with patients. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, they're doing like maybe a lot of behind the scenes, making sure everything's running smoothly. That's great. That's essential too. But I think the story that a lot of people look for are from like the nurses or from like the staff who sees people every day, interacts with people every day. Those are the people who really can tell the true history of what's going on during the times. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times we don't focus on those people because it's not as shiny. It's not as, you know, I mean, but it's weird because it's not as shiny, but it's a lot more interesting. Mm-hmm. You learn a lot more. There's definitely, and I think they have a lot to say. And I think it also comes with people in those positions almost get treated like they don't have some of the most important intel. Mm-hmm. And so they don't give a lot of the most important intel because obviously if you've been told like, oh, you're doing a great job, like that's great, but I'm going to be on the news and tell everyone how great you're doing. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's great, yay, but like that kind of diminishes what they're doing if they don't get to tell it for themselves because yeah, you can tell them like, yeah, we have a lot of nurses doing a great job and until the nurse comes on and is like, yeah, I just intubated somebody, da-da-da-da-da, like I don't think people got to grasp the reality of like, how great or what makes it so great mm-hmm. so it's just interesting because i think a lot of people have so much important intel that they never get asked and i'm sure there's so much information like good great information that people can learn from and benefit from people who probably don't even know that they have such important intel right yeah yeah because that does become internalized and perpetuated and the when we're saying like ordinary people versus like these elite people the only difference like really comes down to status and money Mm -hmm. and then that is where like ordinary people might be lacking Mm -hmm. but where the elite are lacking is that humanity and connection to people like that they have to be really disconnected to be in a position of profiting Mm -hmm. from this loss of life at a national level right now and um and not be really uplifting those voices that we're talking about because to an extent when it's like There's a lot of, like, thanks to frontline workers and nurses um, that we also see, like, on billboards and Mm -hmm. media and stuff. But in a way, yeah, no one actually wants to give the time to listen to those stories, though. They just want to say thank you and continue to kind of, like, romanticize those positions. For sure. They Mm -hmm. definitely romanticize those positions. A hundred percent. And it's not so much as, like, a selfish thing to say, you know, thank you. And, of course, like, those billboards are great. They really are great. But, again, it's I think it's really easy to be like, yeah, they're heroes. And Mm -hmm. to forget what being a hero entails. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so... And how it affects their family, their children and parents. And it's easy to be like, yeah, they saved a life. Like, they're such heroes. But it's also, you know, it's it's easy, like you said, to romanticize. Like, yeah, they're saving lives. But also, like, do you know how many lives they're losing? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's obviously it's not their fault. Like they're do- they're doing the best that they can with the circumstances that they have. But it's like it's almost like diminishing their, their all the work they're doing because if you don't, if you only romanticize how hard something is and like you know perpetuate the idea that like man, it's hard work, but they really are heroes. You know, it's like oh my gosh, yeah. But we want I want to know at least for me, like I want to know the whole story. I know how complex that it can be to be a nurse, to make those last-minute decisions. And, like, the, uh, you know, it was really, I think, one of the most hardest things to hear was, like, the nurses pleading, like, we do not want to get to a point where we have to pick and choose who lives and dies. They're, like, mm-hmm. basically begging us, like, please, like, stay home, like, because we will have to do it if we don't have the resources. Like, we don't want to be able to say, like, we don't want to play, you know, God, essentially. We don't want to, you know, do this and that. So I just think it's crazy, like, how... Of course, that was important, and of course, but I'm like, I bet if they showed 
a lot of the not so pretty, you mm-hmm. know, like everyday, like, you know, nurse, what nurses have to go through. Granted, it's, you know, hard to like show how traumatizing it is on the news every day. Cause again, people don't respond very well to turning on the news and being like, there's the nurse losing a life. Obviously that's not, you know, like, okay. But mm-hmm. it's kind of essential though when telling their stories. Yeah. I don't know. I think there could definitely be a way in media to portray all ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And I think that too, with like, kind of like police, like people will, you know, be blue in the face to tell you that these people are heroes, but they don't broaden up the whole spectrum and idea of what the job entails. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm glad like a lot of protests were kind of enabling, like, can there be good police when the whole system is corrupt? Right. You know, and it really bows the question, like, okay, you've had a good experience with officers. You've had a good experience with, you know, you know, police and whatever. But at the end of the day, what does it matter when his coworkers killing someone, you know, unjustly? Yeah. Yeah. So it's and like... he's being or he or she or they are being complacent mm-hmm. to that reflects a lot for that person. Exactly. So it's just. It's interesting because, like, I think it's, like, almost the same. It's almost, like, opposite of, like, the nurses and the, like, healthcare providers where it's, like, we're romanticizing their job. Their heroes are saving lives and stuff. But we forget about, like, how how devastating and how, how, like, hard it is for them to have to go to work every day and beg people, like, we don't want to, like, choose who to save. Like, we want to save everyone and stuff like that. And everyone's, like, okay, but you guys are heroes. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, then on the opposite spectrum, it's, like, people will, again, say until they're blue in the face, like, well, they're serving, they're risking their lives, they lose people every day. It's, like, okay, but on the opposite end, you're also causing havoc, to be mm-hmm. honest, and, like, chaos and promoting this, like, violence, this unnecessary, unjust violence. And it's, like, you, this is not the whole story. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so it's just interesting. And I hope, again, that, like, in the future, we're really able to, like, get into the nitty-gritty and the complexity of history and how it's written and how things really were and listening to people who lived it and giving perspective to people of all of all backgrounds and stuff like that. Because I've come to learn that there's definitely people that you know that you maybe they start off and you're like, I'm not going to agree with you. Mm-hmm. But listening to them and listening to their perspective is also really important. Mm-hmm. Not only because, like, I think a lot of people think, like, oh, it's important because, well, I can just pick that apart. Like, that's not true. That's not true. Which also, you know, granted, it is important, too, to be able to do that, listen, and be like, okay, well, I know that that's not true. Like, that's a fallacy or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's also interesting to hear from other people's perspective whether you, you know you're not going to agree or not, just because it kind of shows you just how people are living different lives and how they're they're going through their own kind of history and how they're going through their own kind of you know, ideas and ideals and their morality and stuff like that. And I just think it's just really interesting to hear and listen to people. As much as I yeah. don't agree with them, I'm like, that's wrong. <laughs> but also, I'm just like, oh my goodness, like, that's crazy that you're living in this whole different world, this mm-hmm. whole different reality. Yeah. So it's just, it's very interesting. I think it's, I think it's important to hear both ends, but definitely, yeah, definitely getting the complexity of the average person will definitely, I think, help. And I remember in high school, I had a really good history teacher. Shout out Richard Alps. And he would make us have, like, um, what was it? It was, like, what were they called? I don't know, but just different presentations from everyone. Mm. Well, I'm trying to remember what we called it. I want to say it's, like, world, not world events, but something like that. 
<laughs> and they would have to like they would just pick um something that's going on in the world doesn't matter where's in the world and we would just have this whole presentation and then we'd all have a dialogue about it and i think i learned so much from that and the dialogue from other people and just hearing everybody's experience because obviously there's different backgrounds different you know race different religion da, 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 and people had so much good input to say that i would have never known right and it was just from my own community in a class of like 30 something kids mm-hmm. can't imagine what it's going to be like when it's like you know even in like you know if we had that in university granted that's like a 200 you know class lecture so not everyone's gonna be able to talk but like just surrounding yourself with people who are just from different perspectives and stuff like that and their opinions and of course you know there was definitely dialogue that was like okay like let's turn it back again where you are in the classroom but that's good like i think discord can be very good Mm -hmm. because not only does it change perspective but it almost kind of helps you see where people are coming from and how they got to be or how they got to have their ideals and their morality and where they place themselves and how they place themselves and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it's very interesting. Yeah, because we all come to be where we are, like, inform our opinions and our worldviews because of the ways that we're socialized yeah. from our very beginning. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's easy, yeah, to sit in a classroom and look at each person as, like, their own, like, yeah, their own person in isolation. But there's these whole systems that have, like, shaped where they're at in their lives now and that has a lot to do with um their personal identity and also just like their environment their households the news that they have been consuming their entire lives Mm -hmm. which can be they could have never read the same articles um or even like headlines that you've read throughout your life because we're all it's, it's all coming from different places exactly yeah so it's like you don't have to agree but you're not gonna get anywhere um find any common ground if like like this ties back to what you were saying about you shouldn't necessarily try to contribute to a conversation about something that you don't know anything about. Yeah. You have to start forming your opinion by learning about exactly. it. So, um, and I think that that's where a lot of issues come when we start just like regurgitating the things that we have consumed yeah. from news rather than just listening to people's individual experiences. Cause I agree. That's when I like, get the most excited about conversations honestly is when I get to listen to someone's perspective that I can never um relate to you know and it's like it's fascinating yeah yeah and it's like we should we should be opened up to that and why why would I spend the rest of my life only listening to people that I agree with (laughs) like yeah no and I honestly I think it's super fun to like honestly like go on like any social media of people who are like you know really like far right and conservative mm-hmm. i know i'm not going to agree with them but i think it's honestly the most interesting to just see like how they talk and their dialogue and how they you know perceive the world and how they perceive themselves mm-hmm. and i think a lot of times i find that it's very interesting because it's almost like seeing something so foreign mm-hmm. because it's just not how i think and it's not my world view oh it's like a culture shock that just it really is home. it's like a culture shock in my own home mm-hmm. and i sometimes i have to like laugh because a lot of times i also find that like there's a lot of contradictory in things that they say versus things that they do you know mm-hmm. like yeah there's a lot of like oh like oh well, i'm not getting the vaccine or like the vaccine this the vaccine that like pandemic stuff that's da. but then these people are fully vaccinated Mm-hmm. wait a minute didn't you oh okay you know what I mean so it's almost yeah. like okay interesting and then I kind of like go from there and it's and it's just interesting because I think a lot of times there's there's a time and a place for discord and there's a time and a place to disagree or have a debate and I just don't think I think a lot of people form debates especially like over the internet I don't think it's I honestly think it's almost never 
I don't want to say useful because sometimes it is. Sometimes it's like eye opening for people or maybe just like I think a lot of people go about it in maybe the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And it's like, OK, I think if I were to ever correct somebody about something that I don't disagree with, especially on the Internet, it's definitely going to be about like stick to the like the facts that, you know, mm-hmm. somebody says something that's unfactual, like, oh, it's not so much that I'm like. I disagree because da da da. It's mostly like, hey, like that's actually not true. Here's this article, or here's this, you know, fact checker. Here's this, da 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 da. I think sometimes people always have to be like, okay, we're gonna have a debate. We're gonna have this. We're gonna have that. And sometimes, like, I've definitely done that where people are like, well, that's not true. And I'm like, oh, it is true, but clearly, we're not gonna. There's just, it's not gonna happen. There's not gonna. There's gonna be this discord. There's gonna be this disconnect. I'm not gonna. It's not really my job, and it's also not really within my best interest to try to force you to have an opinion mm. or to see the facts Mm -hmm. if you're going to be in your ignorance you're going to be in your ignorance and that's where i leave you Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of people have a hard time with that because i think a lot of people are like they feel so passionate about things sometimes that Mm -hmm. it's like and which is great i love when people are passionate about a lot of things even like silly things i love like just passion just breeds just some like serotonin in my brain i'm just like (laughs) oh my god you love that so much it's like almost making me happy kind of thing you know totally yeah and so it's like yeah, like, I definitely get your passion about this and you know so much about it and it's so frustrating when you know the facts and you know it's a fact and you know, like, that's not true or whatever and people don't believe you. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, there's so many people that it's like, don't even waste your breath because at the end of the day, I think there's so many people who people are trying to convince and it's like, okay, you have, you've, you okay, great. You've convinced this person, maybe, probably not because, you know, mm-hmm. but like, you know, you've convinced this person to see from your point of view, da, 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 mm-hmm. but then it kind of ends there. Because you're not, it's not so much that you're, like, not making change, because you are. Maybe you change the perspective of somebody, and they're a kinder, nicer person, and are going to give back to the world in a way that's more beneficial, or that's more serving, or whatever. But at the end of the day, like, there's still this huge, like, so much, like, systematic, like, oppression that, that's not going to change. So, yeah, it's, like, great. You, it's almost like, you know, you won the war, but you lost, like, or what is it? You won the battle, but you lost the war, or right. something like that, because mm-hmm. it's, like, it's almost like one of those situations where it's like, oh, you convinced them, great, but we're still going to have to, like, you know, stop them from a systematic level. So. Yeah. So good luck. You know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. like, sometimes it's like, I think people should maybe save their breath and just be like, okay, that was ignorant for them to say, but like, let's move on kind of thing. And right. that's definitely something I've had to work on because it's like, it, it's infuriating. Like I said, like with the whole pandemic, like knowing like how the vaccine works, how it was made, why it's beneficial, why it's not a microchip from so-and-so. It's like, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. It's like, I'm not going to convince these people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's so frustrating because, you know, and it does come to a point where it's like, okay, now, like, because you're not vaccinated, like, this place is still shut down. Like, you know what I mean? And that's why I think I really get like, oh, my God, come on, people. But, like, (laughs) at the same time, it's almost like there's almost so much you can do. Yeah. And that's, I think, sometimes the frustrating part, so yeah interesting that's why it's important to hear where people are coming from because you don't like i feel like if you don't understand necessarily where someone's coming from and you aren't interested in that then you will be like wasting a lot of energy just like thinking that getting to this one person is going to create change but if you know where they're coming from it's like then you're looking at those systems that influence these these thoughts that are harmful yeah Mm -hmm. and that's where you kind of start to realize like it's not so much individuals as much as it's a systematic systemic issue yeah which we all contribute to we all do in some shape or form and that's where the change like can happen at the the beginning because like we can't we can't change the system without changing ourselves but i don't think it's like change yourself and then every other person that you can like that will give you the time of day to sit down with you (laughs) yes you know because it's like it's it's interesting mm -hmm. yeah no it is really interesting because yeah like you said and and it's hard for me because, like, there's so many people I see, like, either on the internet or, like, 
that are just like you know everyday average people who i'm like i don't agree at all with your mindset or your politics or whatever but at the end of the day i'm like i don't necessarily blame you right because you're only you know what i mean like i don't blame you because as much as i like you know can argue with you all day and not agree with you at the end of the day you're pulling your stuff from you know this the huge system that's Mm -hmm oppressing you and i just think it's, it's very intentionally like yeah manipulating you yes. into thinking the way that you do and it's just so weird because i'm just like oh my goodness like like they say like you know like oh a bunch of like the the huge the huge demographic of people who vote like either like republican or far right or conservative or whatever are a lot of like uneducated white men mm-hmm. and it's like it's kind of like you look at these you look at that and it's almost like okay so you have this huge group of uneducated white men, and I hate to say like, oh, like education is essential to being like a a smart moral person, because that's not always the case. And I know like education, especially in di- even different parts of this country, are so different, are right. so like you know like minute, and is so like it's hard to access like you know a lot of things to go further in education. Right. But at the same time, it's like they're almost easily manipulated into believing that like the issue is like other people when it's not it's systems you know what i mean so it's easy and it's so much easier to blame like oh well i'm paying all this money for this homeless person to do x y and z mm-hmm. and i'm wasting money here and there and did it and it's like okay like well not essentially like we all do pay for like it's like i don't know because to me it's like very interesting that people always bring up that point of view when it's like okay yeah but like in terms of taxes stuff like that i mean america pays uh shit ton of money to this military yeah okay uh-huh. and not everybody agrees with the military but mm. look at us all still do- you know what i mean right. so it's like okay there's definitely things where we all have to almost like give and take in a way mm-hmm. and for people to make it so personal to like like our like underprivileged groups it's just very bizarre to me because mm-hmm. i always think like okay we spent so much money on the military even if we did like an eighth of that funding to our homeless problem a lot of it would be fixed, if not better or beneficial. Mm-hmm. But instead, we're going to blame the little funding that we do give to the homeless mm-hmm. on the homeless? Yeah. What? Like, you know, I don't know. That's just crazy to me. And it's, I think it's like a thing where it's like, it's very easy when you're in a, in a disadvantage, as I think some uh, uneducated, like, white men are, where it's easy to be like, well, let's put the blame on so-and-so and take the blame off of us when, when we can be helping. And then it just creates this whole, like, almost like, yeah, like a divide where it's like, well, those are lazy, unworking people and blah, 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 blah. And I think it's also ironic where a lot of them are our veterans. And it's mm-hmm. like, wait a minute now, but I thought we were pro-military. Like, I don't know. I thought it's, that's where we were putting all of our funding Yeah, into. like, what? I don't yeah. know. So it's just this crazy cycle. And it's just like, oh, my goodness. And, like, is it fair for me to blame these uneducated, like, white men? Mm-hmm. I surely could. But would that not me just be doing the same thing as they're doing to other people? Right. So it's really hard sometimes to just be like, okay, like, step back and be like, okay, these systems that we have created in America are just not, are just not working. Yeah. It's not working. And it, it, and it really is them. And whether people like to acknowledge it or not, it's like... We can we can be mad and upset at all these like uneducated like white men or maybe they even are educated and they're still using the same you know like rhetoric to try to make a point about this or that mm-hmm. and it's like but I don't necessarily blame like I can you really blame these individuals or can you blame the system and I always mm-hmm. try to look forward maybe not look forward to it but like mm-hmm. I do blame a lot of the system yeah for doing for putting should. people in positions where they have to almost turn to spite in order to feel like they're safe like they're secure and their safety or like that's the reason why they're not 
being as successful as they want to be or they're like seeing other people not be as successful as they want to be so Mm -hmm. it's very interesting to see how large corporations and large systems really impact everyone and it seems to be that we're all on different teams and we're on the same side yeah and it's just not it's yeah yeah and it's like what you're saying about being manipulation because Mm -hmm. i think like i can say from like the left wing and say the right wing is being manipulated but Mm -hmm. i am too and i think like i'm not exempt or i can't like hold myself um to be like self-righteous right when i can even recognize these systems of oppression i'm still manipulated but because it's also ingrained and intentional yeah and like i think the pandemic has revealed a lot of how we even if we can see like we can recognize houselessness is an issue and like these are human people that are being disenfranchised and dehumanized um we still like are subscribing to like classism Mm -hmm. because we like i think it's it's tying back to like what you were saying at the very beginning of our conversation about like your mom having a conversation with her friend and then realizing oh my gosh i didn't even realize how people this close to me could be um struggling so Mm -hmm. much because i think that we we don't recognize how like we we are x amount of paychecks away from being houseless and yep. we can only like we can only um allow ourselves to consider like our peers and the people who are in the same like class status boat as us to like be able to relate to and then like these houses people are in a completely different situation but it's like no you i'm probably like I could be two paychecks away from being houseless if I didn't have like a support system, you know, but also where has that support system been taken away from, um, like so many people because it's like such a huge issue. It's obviously, um, not something like you're saying that you can place blame on, um, anyone who does not have access to resources that we have been born into with like these privileges. Exactly. And it's, it's hard because it's, like you said, it's really easy to fall into different, like, topics of, like, manipulation in mm-hmm. a way. And I think a lot of people think, like, manipulation is going to be, like, you know, outright, like, oh, it's so obvious to see. It's so obvious that, like, the right's being manipulated. But, like, you're right. Like, the left is manipulated as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe it looks different, but it still disenfranchises many people. Yeah. And it still excludes many people. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like, okay, you can always, you know, it's always nice to be like, okay, well, at least, you know, I think a lot of people on the left are like, okay, well, at least our intention is good. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great and all, but again, there's so many points where it's like, some things don't really matter when other people are being disenfranchised to the point where they are not, or they're barely surviving, where they're stuck in survival mode. Mm-hmm. It's the you thoughts know, it's and like, prayers thing. Is again, like, exactly. Like, oh, yeah. my intentions are good because I'm thinking of them. That's great. People are still dying. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And it's like, at what point do, are we going to wake up and be like, okay, it's not enough. Like, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. but it is hard because like, again, like the individual themselves, it's, it's, it's hard. Cause like, that's all we are. We're individuals. And as much as True. we pro- can produce a lot, it's hard when you're stuck under systems that do oppress you, whether you're left, right, or anywhere far in or out or in between. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, okay, that's great. Like, we're really striving for, like, you know, like, to, you know, to cure this, like, homeless problem or this houseless problem or find a solution to this or that. But at what end is, like, if we did house all of these people would they not still, like, struggle so much to the point where they may end up where they're at because we don't have systems in place to help them be 
steady. We don't have systems to help them be solid. We don't have systems that, you know, like what happens if they get sick? Like, okay, they have a house, but do they have the healthcare they need? Mm -hmm. What happens if like, you know, something like they don't have access to like a car or a job or transportation or something? There's so much other things that go into so many like huge problems that it's like, okay, like maybe these small steps are great. And that is also great, but we really need to open it up to where we can have people really just like at least you know being stable being mm-hmm. having a stable house having stable income having access to health care like having access to like transportation where they don't have to feel like it's like okay they have one thing but what's the next struggle what's mm-hmm. the next? we want them to be stable right and it's just so hard like you know all these solutions sound really great but it just in the back of my mind i'm always like okay that's great like when people are like donate to people who are like oh they found a home that's great do they have transportation are they going to be able to get their groceries are they going to be able to like you know like keep up the maintenance of the house are they going to be able to pay the bills you know and it's like i'm so glad that we, you know we can come together and be like oh yeah like here 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 like that's great but like mm-hmm. like stability is something for me especially that's like so important i always worry about like okay well that's great but what happens if this happens now what happens if this happens like you want people to be able to sustain like all the stuff that they're able to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where those intentions do matter because it's like, you can say my intentions are good, but good for what and for who? Because yeah. if like, I'm saying my intentions are good because I'm doing this good thing, like donating once so I can feel good about myself. But then um, that means that my intention is not actually invested in like the... Um, long haul like the work that will need to be like sustainably input I guess so it's like mm, yeah like intention doesn't always matter when you just say it's good but like if you are actually intending for change then the way that you respond to that intention it's like that's where it matters exactly and this pandemic has really opened up my eyes to a lot of that stuff. And, like, there's definitely people who are far, far ahead of me and always in, in this thinking. So I always feel like, <laughs> sometimes I feel, like, behind because I'm like, oh, like, this person is already on that. They oh, were, yeah, we're all catching up. Yeah, like, yeah. they're already, they've been on this since, like, the early 2000s. And we're all, like, now listening. How frustrating. Mm-hmm. How frustrating. Granted, Granted I was, like, five. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, sorry. I'm, like, early 2000s. Like, oh, my God. Why was I not four and not knowing that there's, like, a huge crisis going Like, hello. But, like... <laughs> You know what I mean? So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, man, like, there's there's people who are on the mark already who, right. like, you know, and I guess sometimes their voices get shoved down mm-hmm. because it's not always, you know, pretty to put them on TV and being like, you're all getting fooled. Like, nobody wants to hear that. Like, all of us, you know? But yeah. sometimes that's what we really need to hear. It's true. It's true. This conversation about, like, when we when we are catching up to these issues and someone tells us an issue, then I feel like it's often, like, an automatic response to be like, Oh, okay. So then like, what do we do about it? You know? Yeah. yeah, And it's like, as if there haven't been people who have known about this Mm -hmm. issue for decades Mm -hmm. and have been investing their entire lives and expertise into this issue that you just learned about. So who do you think you are to ask? Like, okay, now tell me what to do. Yes. Like you can join that fight and like learn what you can contribute to this struggle. Um, now that you've become aware of it, but to learn about an issue does not also make you entitled to like ask for the answer from that same person who's letting you exactly, know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No, I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine how frustrating it, <laughs> it would be. And like, that's, yeah. So I think it's just important to like, I don't want to say it's easy to access information because sometimes it's really not depending on where you are and like what resources you have. Yeah. But I think for a lot of the average people who are, you know, so 
set on like okay yeah like I want to learn more it's really easy to access things like use your local library like do some research ask around like it's it's I think it's, it takes a little bit of work but it is it's truly like I mean that's for everything that you want to learn or you want to be good at you know you have to practice you have to work at it and I think sometimes it's just like easy for people to be like stuck in this train of like following what other people are doing instead mm. of seeking out the resources that they have to know like okay this is what we should be doing or this is I don't have to follow x y and z to know like what I'm supposed to think feel and you know do about this like we can actually I can actually go on my own and research and know what to do Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah because if it's if it's difficult like what is that to stop you from doing it like is that more difficult than the ongoing change that's going to be needed so Mm -hmm. each day you can only do your best you can't like fix everything and your best is going to look different yeah each day but yeah I think like that's why like recognizing interconnectedness and Mm -hmm. your your place in this larger community is the most important thing because then you you can't like I don't know be holding those unrealistic expectations like we were talking about before that actually hold us back yeah yeah okay so I have one last question no worries it's totally unrelated to any of this (laughs) no worries um but it's uh more of a reflection on just like yourself yeah and I, I don't know have you ever heard of the golden record i don't think i have it's this record that was sent out to the universe like um a, like a few decades ago mm-hmm. and they kind of just wanted to capture the essence of the world okay and through like images and sounds and also phrases and like in as many different languages that they can oh, okay yeah i think i have heard some like something like this yes 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 yeah okay i think i'm a little familiar with it cool yeah so that's what i'm asking you is like if you had your personal golden record and you would send it out into the into the space <laughs> <laughs> and um, you wanted to represent yourself through a phrase and an image and a sound so like what would those three things huh. be for you Wow, that's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure if I like really sat down and thought about this, I could give you a lot better. But I'll no, probably, I feel like, mean asking the question. No, the time, it's so. fine. Like it's like paraphrasing things are like I think good too because there's some sometimes like not a single like something can like totally grasp the whole concept of how you're feeling. But totally an image and then a phrase and a what like a sound a sound. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I think sound. Oh, man, it's hard because I think that there are so many, like, artists and, like, things that I like that I don't think a single sound could definitely, you know, like, represent me. But there's definitely some, like, albums that I think, like, or even, like, songs mm-hmm. that, like, oh, man, I feel like they just speak to my soul, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I guess for the sound, I would have to put, like, maybe a couple albums on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely put like Blonde by Frank Ocean okay. all time favorite artist and I think mm-hmm. the whole I feel like it's funny because I think that album has a lot of like somber tones and it's a lot about like having loved and having lost Yeah, and it's easy to say like oh this is about a person but I think when you especially like sit down and listen to it you can also because there's always been things that people have lost or they have loved or anywhere in between Yeah, and I think that's kind of what the whole album kind of represents is it's just it's it's about loving and losing and everything in between and just different like situations that produce these kind of feelings. And I think everyone can relate to it. And it's really funny because a lot of people are like, yeah, like those are like my sad, my, like my crybaby hours, my mm-hmm. sad hours is when I listen to this. 
and but there's a, definitely a lot of songs that are a lot more about like um maybe not as many on the album but like there's definitely songs that are kind of about like like yes loving is hard or like you know putting yourself out there is hard or like encapsulating things are hard but like there's so much beauty in like the hardness of it and mm -hmm. you know it's kind of like there's some some tones to it that are almost like you know it's better to have love than to have like not loved at all or lost or not have loved at all you know and so mm -hmm. it's like okay so I really think that that's one of those albums where it's like a, a lot of people do think like these are just like for sad 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 hours you know crybaby hours but those are I, important hours those are important hours mm -hmm. and I would definitely put that in there because I think it has a lot to do with just like navigating life mm -hmm. and I think because it's something that everyone can relate to everyone has you know at least loved something or like something so much you know and then have or either have lost it or it's not the same or maybe they've kept on that to that love for their whole life and they're scared of losing it or whatever mm -hmm. you know so it's definitely definitely that album I think the miseducation of Lauren Hill would have yes. to go in there because <laughs> the album is just so I think maybe it's just because I'm a woman too and it's just so much in there that is just from the a woman's perspective mm -hmm. that it seems so sacred that not that men can't ever enjoy it because it is just a great album just in general right but I mean like just from like the 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 mind of a woman who at the time was like you know like learning a lot about herself mm -hmm. having loved having lost having a child looking at the world differently like you know, and, like, the fact that she put, like, the miseducation and how, like, she's still learning and still growing and how, mm -hmm. like, the universe just, you know, is, like, kind of, like, watching, like, from afar. Like, she, I don't know. It's just yeah. such a beautiful album to me. And I think definitely being a woman, it puts into perspective, like, just how different I think the world is for us and how, and how a lot of, like, women almost like behave whether it be like a downfall of like you know the patriarchy or even which has yet to really fully happen but anyways um <laughs> or just like you know like just to be in the patriarchy and just to be a woman like i don't know it's just such a beautiful album i would definitely add that into like my little sound care or category and then oh my like, gosh there's so many there's so many like songs and stuff like that i won't go through all the songs but there's definitely songs by artists like just like like Dominic Fike where they they just like hit the soul so pure mm -hmm. and there's definitely like uh I've been really listening to like Georgia Smith's new album mm -hmm. and that's incredibly beautiful and she has one song on her album called Home and it's just so much about like growing and about how especially like women like are kind of expected to be this like this almost like you know like the create like the creation of like all like because we can like birth and we can like marry and we create homes and like it's almost like this weird like contradiction between like a lot of people value women in their in their um ability to build into like you know like oh they make the home and they make the child and stuff like that and the song's kind of about being like can i just be a woman can i just be like me and my own essence like why do i have to build why do i have to why is there so much emphasis on what i do i just want to be mm -hmm. and it's like it kind of starts out with saying like you know what if i find somebody and i'm not fully content but like I love them but like what if I'm not content like what if I just want to be me like and it's just such a beautiful song so I would definitely add that song in there yeah. and yeah there's just a bunch of different songs maybe from the same genre and stuff like that I mm -hmm. won't like go into this super I, I could talk forever about certain songs that I just like 
wow like shoot you know and i'm like, gonna bring you back on just to talk about music yes let's definitely do it i have so <laughs> i love and i guess oh one more song i'd have to add it's by amalu um it's called uh tried up and she has this one line in there that's just like it's like a beautiful metaphor for like how people in your life like come this i guess this is how i perceive it i keep saying like this is what it's about this is how i perceive your yeah. music because <laughs> obviously they didn't write it for me um but, but you felt it like that, i did right? i did feel it like that and it's kind of just like how people will like come into your life and they just like either for the good or the bad of it they're just so bold about like like they come into your life and it's just so bold and it's just so vibrant and i take it as like it's almost like so because one of the lines is like you know like stand on your motorbike and it's almost like that essence is like it's so like okay when you obviously when you see somebody like standing like riding a motorcycle you're like wow like that is something to see like it's almost like dangerous but they seem to be like okay and stuff like that so like Mm -hmm. people like that coming into your life and just like really making an impact and then like sometimes it's either like they are dangerous and it wasn't very good or they are dangerous and they didn't benefit you or they are dangerous and they did benefit you but it wasn't a healthy situation or yeah they're like living on the edge and like they brought you to be a little more like into yourself so it's almost like like a are they good are they bad and it's just something for you to perceive and for you to find out you know and then the song goes on to talk about how like um you know sometimes they're able to show you things that like you know, that you already knew, but you weren't really, you know, willing to admit or like they are the person that is like showing you the things that you're not willing to admit. And mm. it's just, it's beautifully mm. worded. It's a great song. The whole thing's into like a metaphor, ties into nature and it's beautiful. Mm. The first time I heard it, I was like, oh, oh my gosh, you know, so yeah. that song would definitely be in there. For I'm going to sure. put that on repeat like five times at least. Just no, seriously. seriously. And there's like that one part I've listened to it like over and over again. I'm mm-hmm. just like, oh, speaking to my soul. So that would be in, that would be in my sound category. There's definitely a lot more songs and a lot more artists I might like be like, a, here's a mixtape. A mixtape. A mixtape. A mixtape. <laughs> I think in regards to like an image, that would be really, really hard. Mm. There's a lot of images that that i don't know i i really like i think abstract not me, me yeah i think abstract images mm. that have a meaning that you're able to interpret which i guess is the whole point of abstract right mm. um i think i saw one that i don't think would be my image but i think the idea of what it like how it made me feel is what an image i would like to put in there would be and it was it was like at the beach and there was like a huge puddle in the middle of the sand. It's more mostly like, you know, sand and like water and it's just kind of, you know, whatever. <laughs> like almost like muddy, you know? Mm-hmm. And this person he's hanging by his single by his ankle and he's tied around or whatever just by his ankle and he's like he almost touches the water but his finger just touches. So he's just sitting or he's just like mm-hmm. upside Yeah, he's upside down, <laughs> head facing the water and he's just like touching the water with his like single finger Mm -hmm. and he's like almost like reflecting looking at himself and stuff like that and i thought that it was just like the cool one of the coolest images i've ever seen just from the fact that it's like very like okay well what does this mean like okay so he's Mm -hmm. bound but he's also seems like he's like you know in touch to looking at his reflection and so it just like made me think for a while i looked at it and i was like i really like this image like you know and so it just really made me think and i think it had a lot of stuff to interpret in it i think the picture was just something i kind of like came across so i didn't really see any background i think it only mentioned like the photographer or whatever who had done the picture but i was just like looking at this forever and i just had so much like thought and feelings about it i was like wow this is kind of crazy
mm-hmm. this is a really interesting you know image and i wonder like why they they decided to do it like what is it what does it mean? Like, does it mean anything? Is it up for interpretation? Mm-hmm. So I love images like that. I love yeah. images that are just... And it was a beautiful shot. I mean, like, you had the beach in the background. Like, mm-hmm. you could see the man's reflection. Like, it was crazy. And so I think an image like that where... It wouldn't give me, me away, at least, but it yeah. definitely make you think, right? Like, yeah. what is this all about? Mm-hmm. Because I think to be perceived is very, is very interesting. Yeah. And it's, it, I think sometimes it can be uncomfortable, but I think mm-hmm. also people like kind of crave it sometimes, right? Like yeah, we, all want, we all want to be seen. We all want to be perceived, but it's kind of hard because we all want to be perceived in a certain way. That's really like complex and personal to yourself that nobody else can ever accomplish. Right. And there's that fear of being misunderstood if you show too much. Exactly. And, mm-hmm. So I'd like to be almost like mysterious. No, not mysterious. <laughs> maybe like a little mysterious, right. like, but I still want to be like the concept. I, I felt like looking at this image, I could understand that it's almost like you're not supposed to get it right off the bat. And yeah. I think like, or maybe if you do, like it's going to make you think regardless. Mm-hmm. So I think I'd like an image like that. And you can't be misread there in the sense that like, you you can make the assumption that yeah. everything is what it appears to be. Mm-hmm. I like that, that it's like, yeah, you might not totally understand the image, but the multi-dimensionality of it, if yeah. that's a word, like, is very obvious. It is very obvious. And I think it's also fun to, like... To me, I've always had a really, like, everyone's like, well, who are you? And it's really hard because I think collectively I am a lot of things and a lot of people and a lot of experiences Mm -hmm. that are personalized and not personalized in the same breath. Mm. So there's definitely things that I've experienced with people that I'm like, oh, that that has definitely molded me and made me. But in the same day, there's definitely been things that I have had thoughts and feelings about that are have also molded me and made me. So it's really hard to be like, who am I? Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm a bunch of things, but I'm also just myself. So it's it's one of those images where I think where it's like, well, maybe they're feeling, you know, isolated. Well, I felt that before. That's me. Well, maybe they're feeling like they're, you know, like almost because, you know, there's only one ankle that's, you know, like tied to this like huge arch and stuff like that, you know. So I guess whatever you would say about this image could also be me because essentially, yeah. So I like that. I like that idea of that. So that's an image that I would put something like that maybe that image maybe not that image who knows <laughs> you know um depends on the day it really does depend on the day as far as a quote there's many many quotes that i like and i need to start writing them down because what i used to do is to keep them in a notes app on my phone mm. then i recently was like okay i need to transfer them to a notebook notebooks and flag stuff not with me oh, so sure. sometimes yeah sometimes i'm like oh, i wish i could go back but and get that but i'll be with it soon enough but <laughs> i think one of my favorites and it's always, I always say it's, like, one of my favorites. And it always, like, has pushed me to be, like, okay, like, put yourself out there. Do this. Do that. Like, get the experience. Good or bad, it's an experience. And, again, like, it kind of builds off of, like I was saying, like, builds off of who you are, whether it be with yourself or with other people and all the experiences. The quote is, you know, um, a ship is safe at shore, but that's not what ships are made for. Oh. And so I like that yeah. because it really does kind of, it's kind of like the whole, like, for me, emphasizes the human experience of, like, of course we're always safe, comfortable. Of course we can always live in a bubble. Of course we can always do, you know, what is comfortable for us. But at what point are we not fulfilled from that? And mm-hmm. why, why live like that? Like, why? You know, I mean, again, comfortability is a really nice thing. Mm-hmm. obviously it's comfortable yeah it's kind to you and but also you don't really grow from it you don't really change from it and that's something that I think that would drive me literally insane like it would probably put me in asylum if I was not able to like 
change. Like, you know what I mean? Like, imagine just, I don't know. I think to me, it's just really, it's really just crazy that, you know, some people can like stay in their hometown for the rest of their lives. Oh, I always think about that. And it, I'm for some people, like... they love it. That's mm-hmm. where they find contentment. And that is great. Like, I don't, I don't want to bash anyone for like being comfortable because right. there's no, I guess there's no like real negative in being comfortable. I could always say, like, like I just said, I'm kind of contradicting myself. Like, oh, you don't grow from that. Mm-hmm. Well, it kind of depends on who you want to be and how you want to be and, like, the growth that you want to seek. Because you can definitely mm-hmm. grow from within without having to go anywhere or having to really experience a lot of human connection. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Who am I to say that your experience is not as beneficial as other experiences or whatever? But to me, that's just, like, something that I'm, like, I would, dry- I would go mad. Mm-hmm. I would absolutely go mad. Mm-hmm. Like, just because maybe it seems out of touch or out of place or out of mind or, like, maybe, you know, out of reach, it's maybe that's just not... Maybe that's just not what I'm necessarily built for. Maybe I'm supposed to go through things that are out of reach or out of touch. And maybe I'm supposed to, like, strive for that next hard thing. Mm-hmm. And just because it's, like, you know, not necessarily where I'm supposed to be, or necessarily like what's easiest for me to be or go maybe sometimes it is nice to take like the longer route and mm. stuff like that so mm-hmm. i've always really liked that quote so i think yeah. i'd put probably that quote on there <laughs> probably yeah. probably i like that i like that quote yeah and i like it as an analogy too because like what you're saying about coming from oregon to flagstaff and finding out that that was a new home for you it's like yeah uh, not everyone is gonna want to like you know sail their ship out to the ocean yeah but you're gonna sail until you find a new place to yeah a new shore exactly to exactly mm-hmm. i have to keep moving i have to keep seeing new things i just know myself and i know that's something that i'm gonna have to do whether it means like i'm traveling or whether it means i'm going on vacation or something or maybe it means i'm like going to the state over and seeing something i've never seen mm-hmm. but like i just know myself and i know that's like okay like maybe that yeah, like, maybe I am safe at shore, but that doesn't necessarily mean I have to, like, go to the extremes and, like, move across the country or something. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I like that. I like that the idea of, like, home, because, like, I think I always thought that going to, like, calling a new place home or going finding something at home, that it's always going to be great. Like, it's always going to be, like, I'm so happy here all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's not realistic at all. Right. And I think that's kind of weird, finding that out. Because there's definitely times where I was in Flagstaff where I'm like, okay, get me out of here. Right. So I think it has a lot less to do with, like, you know, like, always being, like, happy and permanent in this place mm-hmm. and stuff like that for it to be home. When in reality, it just kind of has to be somewhere where you've just had, so I don't know, for me, home is where I've made, like, connections and experiences in places where, you know, I can feel like I'm, like, myself or something like that. So there's mm-hmm. definitely... That was definitely something that I thought was kind of funny. I learned about myself that I also think about that quote a lot where it's like, yeah, you're not really like always going to be happy anywhere you go ever. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, or else it wouldn't really be home to me, I guess. It Mm -hmm. would be like a vacation or like, I don't know, something different because I don't know. I just think it's kind of funny. I was like, yeah, girl, you're not really happy at like where you grew up all the time either. Right doesn't mean i'm like sad or miserable sometimes it's just like i just don't want to be here like you know like yeah. i just want to go back to flags or i just want to go back to oregon right now or something like mm-hmm. that so very interesting very interesting like concept so i was like yeah i like this quote i i keep it with me yeah. I, and i do i love the quote so well i like that it's like you keep it with you because i was gonna say wherever you end up or travel or whatever it's like the most common factor is you so yeah that's the way that we conceive home like that's the place that that you set up you know yep that doesn't have to be like um the spatial factor you know, right like exactly yeah your home is you that's your yeah. body your body is your home and your mind is your home 
um, that's what you're actually stuck with. So yeah. that's what you really have to like pay attention to and nurture. Like you can't find yourself in a new space. You can learn things and like build your home that is you. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But like wherever you are building yourself, the happiness is not like ingrained in there. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Golden record. If that's any, it. If any aliens find that, you know. Yeah, let me know. Let me know. Send it back because I want. I want one. I yes, want yes, one. yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Do you have any closing thoughts? Closing thoughts, man. Oh man, the <laughs> pandemic. It was just. I'm. Looking back on it, it's just very weird, because I think it's really hard to look back on like things in the past that have happened, and to really like think about them with yourself versus like analyzing them with somebody else it's Mm. like oh wow that was that was a time so i'm glad grateful for the opportunity to talk to you and be on this little podcast (laughs) and like verbally verbalize like all the thoughts and feelings of being in a pandemic and just the whole complexity of it all and how eye-opening it was so yeah thank you for the opportunity yeah so much fun so much needed i feel like